0: welcome everyone to another edition of the sugar frosted podcast i am brian reeves with me but not with me are uh scott biting and john Verdue and we have a special guest on this episode dave baxter senior lecturer on media studies at wright state university uh we're all going to be talking about teen movies from the 50s and 60s uh this is part one we're going to have a part two talking about the 70s and 80s teen movies um But going into this, I want to let everybody know that we had a a, a glitch uh, and we lost one of our files. And the first part of this podcast is missing. So um, we are going to be joining our regularly scheduled program already in progress. Thank you. Your your mic is actually off, there, John. There we go. No, not sure how that happened. Need to be doing some editing this time. <laughs> I, I cannot edit a, uh, a, a turned off mic. Let's let's just start from the beginning. Yes. I
1: sabotage
2: you. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. If I
1: can't be heard, nobody can.
0: <laughs>
2: that explains everything.
0: Okay, so that uh, that leads us back to uh, the. What John was talking about before, we we're talking about uh, uh, rebel Without a Cause" is "Blackboard Jungle," right? Um, which really led us into more of the the juvenile delinquency teen mm-hmm. movies that I mean were everywhere in the fifties. That that was like the the big wave,
2: right? And this and this one and a couple of other ones, they kind of had this recurring. Uh, you know, it started off like as a PSA, you know, this is how you stop juvenile delinquency. It seemed right. like it was more for like the pearl-clutching, middle-class conservative America. You know, it was like they weren't portrayed in the best light, you know. Later they would be, more more so, especially right. as you get into the next decade. But in the 50s, it was more like, okay, these these are bad elements and here's how we need to deal with them to save our country, essentially. You know,
0: I agree, and I, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think that um, the older adults are uh, just having such distrust and distaste for rock and roll. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, fed into all of this horseshit.
2: Right, right, and you know, in in this movie in particular, it's like the adults didn't act much better. No, you know, morally speaking. It was, you know, nobody. There were were no heroes in this, you know. Glenn Ford was the closest you got. Glenn probably. Ford was
0: pretty good guy. Yeah, me.
2: you know, but yeah, it was. Uh, there were several. There were several like that, and they kind of followed that formally. They would even start off as with the uh, with the words over the screen and the PSA type thing. And there were a couple like that. It was like, you know, it was eye opening for me doing this research where, you know, I had no idea. It was like take a side, basically. You
0: know? Yeah. Well, and then uh, you know, one thing I thought was cool is there is a kid in glasses the beginning and he looks fucking crazy. <laughs> he's in class. He's at this uh, at the at the front of the class, uh, and he is Jameel Farah. Yeah. Who would later become Jamie Farr? Farr. <laughs> really?
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Very good, Brian. Yep. <laughs> no.
2: That's great. I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, yeah. and you
0: it, it, it if you know it. When you go back and look at scenes, and he's always at the front of the class with glasses on, and you were like, oh, shit. Like, oh, Jamie there he Bro- is. That's fucking <laughs> Clinger. There's <laughs> Corporal Clinger. <Caesar.
4: laughs> uh, Brian, my my memory is is uh, is uh, failing me here, but who was the other cast member who later became a, a famous director?
0: Uh, maybe one of you guys can help me out on that. Uh, well, Sidney Poitier was in it. Vic yeah, Morrow. he was.
2: Vic Morrow was in it. Um, Obviously, we talked about Glenn Ford.
4: One of the kids, one, one of the guy, one of the class, one of the
0: guys in the class. Really? Uh, yeah. I am. Let me, Scotty. Can you look that up for us? Can you pull up a cast list real quick. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I just, I know it, and I can't
4: remember it. Well, I, I probably should. I probably should have done more research myself. I'm
3: I'm um, trying
1: my internet slow down here.
2: And yeah, I'm... these movies though, I mean, and they're a little cringy now. Oh God! You know, absolutely it's, it's still entertaining, but at the same time, it's like, oh man, was this really a, that, the social? When norm? That movie
4: opened, when that movie opened with that opening, the opening theme of Rock Around the Clock. Yeah, kids, kids tore up theaters. Yes, when that movie opened, they tore the hell out of theaters. Yeah. Wow, that scared the, that scared the establishment even
0: more
3: mm-hmm. when that happened.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it, instead of figuring out how to get a handle on it, they went nuts. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, they had no idea um, of how to deal with it. No, they did It was something so new. Yeah, plus so new. The, the, uh, the 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 newness of the teenage population being so big. Yes, mm-hmm. that was yeah. a
2: whole new thing. Oh right, because it was post war. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. What
1: you, I'm trying. My internet is terrible. I <laughs> want smoke signals. <laughs>
2: tower
0: to tower. Like are you not things. hooked up to my Wi-Fi? I am
1: not. Oh, I'm on two bars LTE, and with this phone, it's five G or nothing.
0: Well, we, we so, can come back no, to that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So, um, well, obviously, you know the. Uh, Delinquency movies were off and running. Um, now, delinquency was also in all the newspapers at the time. I mean, everything—you know—it uh-huh. was teenage riots and teenage delinquency and right. Um, then you had movies like High School Confidential. Oh yes. You know, which was more bad kids in school with fist Fights and knife Fights mm-hmm. and Jerry Lee Lewis at the beginning singing Jerry them.
2: Lee Lewis and it had uh, and, and
0: I tell me. you what, that is my favorite Jerry Lee Lewis song. Really? Oh, really? Mine. That's a good one. Oh, Mine yeah. too. Mine oh, too, bro. Oh yeah. man, it is way different than all of his other stuff. It just rocks. Oh. I tell you, Sean and I did a the great cover of that. They uh, did. On one of their albums from the streets of New York. What, that what, one? And what was his name? Screaming... Screaming Scott Simon. Screaming Scott Simon. <laughs> he's the one who did Jerry Lee Lewis stuff. Yeah. He did yeah. a really good Jerry Lee Lewis. He did. Yes, he did.
3: Yeah. Yeah, High School Confidential
2: was a lot more sexually charged than some of the other ones, too. It was. Yeah, yeah and it was, it was, uh, looked in it, you know, almost like the teens are a little bit more sympathetic in, in that one. Yeah. You know? But I like how it had Jackie Coogan in it. <laughs> I was going to
0: bring that up, too. Because <laughs> a few years later... he Uncle Fester. He would be Uncle Fester. <laughs> That's right. And before that, he was uh, the kid in the Charlie Chaplin movies. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. As a matter of fact, they made... Uh, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they make the Jackie Coogan Law to protect yes. child actors' uh, salaries? No shit. Yes, they did. Yes. Yeah, did.
2: Wow and,
0: you know, real, quick, talking about, uh, real quick guys you were talking about
4: news the, the newspapers talking about juvenile delinquency just a bit of trivia here that's how uh, that's how uh, the writer the guys who put together the original West Side story that's how they got the idea because they you know they had a, the original their their idea was to do a thing about Catholics versus Jews on the east side and they scrapped that
3: mm-hmm
4: a couple of them were out in Los Angeles in the in the mid fifties, and they were reading newspaper articles about the gangs out there in L.A. and and the, the Mexican gangs and the, the rumbles and the warfare and whatnot. That's where they got the idea of doing the dueling the Puerto Ricans against the self styled Americans mm-hmm. and changed it to the West Side. That's how they got that idea. So oh, just that's cool. out, out of newspaper articles. So Mimi Van Dorn was in. That, Mimi right?
2: Van Dorn was yes. in. That? Yeah, that's as like what they they back then they called a guest star, but it was really a cameo, right? Because to me, a guest star means you're a guest on a recurring series rather than just a movie, you know, but yeah, sort of as a as a cameo, and it was one of those uh privileged versus underprivileged kids type movies, too. yeah, it was was a little bit different than Rebel Without a Cause. You know,
0: Paul Anker was the singer at the nightclub.
2: Oh, was he? I didn't
0: realize that. <laughs> <laughs> And then. Uh, was it in this one? I think it might have been in another one, like Untamed Youth. But it was another one of these Hot Rod movies. I think it might have been Untamed Youth with Mimi Van Dorn. Uh, Mel Torme. <laughs> the Velvet Fog. <Fall>. He played <laughs> a Hot Rod Hoodlum.
3: <laughs>
0: That's hard to imagine. <laughs> and... I saw a trailer and he just looked like Mel Torme, <laughs> so it's really hard to buy yeah. him as a hot rod hoodlum. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, yeah. See, Charlie Chaplin's in this. Charlie Chaplin's in what? In the uh, High School Confidential.
2: That's right. He is. He plays. Q- is he really? Yeah. Uh, I forgot and, about that. He and is. And so
1: is Charlie Chaplin Jr. Yeah. Really. Yep both playing the same
2: you know? well I knew Charlie Chaplin Jr. was in it I didn't I had forgotten that part I didn't know Charlie Chaplin
3: yeah, Charlie, oh, I didn't know either he's, one
1: He yeah. built as Quinn both of them are billed as Quinn no, no shit yeah. huh. which is I'm not exactly sure why <laughs> without actually seeing it I'm not sure
0: <laughs> well at that at that point he was like fighting deportation wasn't he Dave Charlie Chaplin
2: oh that yeah. whole thing yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I don't pretty much blacklisted and
4: yeah yeah he he got caught up in the in the in the commie thing and uh, yeah he got basically uh, he uh, I don't know if he if he was I don't think even I don't think he's he deported but he he left sort
2: of song. right but
0: uh, he was facing de- deportation he was worried about deportation I believe so I
1: wonder if they brought in junior to fill his place I I.
0: Do not know. Yeah, that's, that's you know that's an interesting thought. Oh, and then uh, talking about uh, the teenage delinquency, you had um, the delinquent, which starred a pre-Billy Jack Tom Laughlin. Oh yeah, and then you had the crybaby killer, which oh. warned folks that delinquency would lead to your child being a killer. <laughs> and that starred Jack Nicholson as yes. the crybaby killer.
2: <laughs> uh, Roger Corman was a producer of that. Yes, yeah, Roger Corman was
0: notable um, about that. I I I, be, I, I guess that um, I don't know if uh, Nicholson was under contract with him or if they just they did just work together mm-hmm. for quite a quiet while because. Yeah, I because can't Nicholson say that's did a, a lot of Corman movies in the in the earlier days.
2: Yeah, so. I, I read somewhere that this was like the only movie that Roger Corman said that he didn't make money on.
0: <laughs> if you think
2: about how many,
0: think about how many movies Roger Corman <laughs> and Corman made a some lot bad of movies. Shit.
2: Yes, and he was <laughs> proud of it.
0: Yes, yeah. because he made
2: money. That's right. It was all about yeah. It was making. It was all about making money. But a lot of obviously a lot of his movies have become cult classics. Of the yeah. hit his- his underground
4: movies made a lot of
2: money.
0: Those, yeah, those were, yeah, those made some money. Oh yeah, all those uh, the drive-in
2: mm-hmm.
0: things yeah. that he did. Yeah. Next um, uh, I have uh, High School Hellcats. Oh, the, the girls get their turn. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> <Right>. basically <laughs> blackboard jungle with chicks. with girls. <laughs> <That's
2: right. laughs> yeah, high yeah high school hellcats.
0: Um, yeah, it was minus Sidney Poitier, minus Vic Morto, or any time. It was pretty terrible. Oh yeah, you know. Well, to be fair, Cry Baby Killer was pretty terrible. Oh god, yeah. It, and it was and shot. Ni- Nicholson attacked. was terrible at it. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Nicholson has said that. I think I read somewhere where he said, "God, I that was bad." <laughs>
3: um, yeah, and I, and
2: I, I can't say it's a good movie either, you know. But it had a had a kind of an interesting noir feel to it you know I and mean, yeah. just the you know the way it was shot and the way the dialogue was and everything
4: hey um, ryan there was a movie now that i think about it there and i don't have i think this was the 50s it might have been early 60s remember this one it was called kitten with a whip, <laughs> kitten, oh. with a whip. kitten with a whip who was in that uh you would ask me that uh The lead—it was a female. It was a—it was a kind of a—it was kind of a a a female-oriented movie, teen. Uh, uh, Scotts, Scotts, Anne Anne Margaret. Anne Margaret, is that it?
0: Yeah. Are you shitting me? Anne Margaret. Yeah. So I would think that has to be sixties, right? Uh, Sixty-four. Because yeah, because Anne Margaret. I don't think she was in anything in the fifties, right? Okay. Nineteen sixty-four came out.
4: Okay, sorry, I'm getting ahead of you. Just didn't mean to do that. That's all
1: right. But
0: Scott is fucking Johnny on the spot with this
4: shit. <laughs> it's frantic- I
1: can't move or I don't get service. <laughs> just frantically
2: typing, thumbing his phone over there. Yeah. I am. So going back just for a second with the delinquents. Um please. That was uh directed by Robert Altman. Was, was his, it really? Yes. His first, Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, I didn't realize he had anything going back that far. I didn't know. either. But yeah, Robert. But yeah, the cry the crybaby killer was a little bit unique in that there were it, it dealt with murder. It did, and there was a hostage scene. There a was, ho- you know, a hostage situation, which is not what you typically
0: think of. with But a what I movie. thought was funny was how they were like parents. Beware, because this is what's going to happen. Because here comes Jack. <laughs> or
2: Jimmy. Was it Jimmy in the movie? Yeah, yeah. If, if you don't yeah, uh, Wallace, stop right. this shit
0: right now, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite delinquent movies. And, Dave, I don't think this is going to come any surprise to you. The delinquent yes. Delinquent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a good movie. It is. It's a good movie. Uh, it was supposed to be... Don't worry about page cream. Sorry, I don't want to make a lot of ambient noise. Sorry. I'm over here walking on eggshells. Yes, do it. <laughs> All right. So, obviously, that was supposed to be the next Martin Lewis movie. And And yeah. uh, Dino was like, I'm not wearing a fucking uniform. You right. Know, he didn't want to be a cop. Redo it. Because he had been mustered by cops. Because he had... Back in... Uh, uh, Ohio, he had been a dealer. So he had be- had so many. Mm-hmm. And when I say dealer, I don't mean drug <laughs> dealer. <laughs> right. <I laughs> he knew was a meant. card dealer. Right. A I knew croupier. What you
3: yeah. been a croupier. Yeah. a croupier, yeah.
0: So go. he was always busted by cops. He did not like cops. So yeah. he did not want to play a cop. Right. And <laughs> Lewis dug his heels in and said, No, you mm-hmm. have to wear the uniform. And Martin said, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go make a billion dollars. I mean... So he, gets, so he gets Darren McGavin.
2: One of my and favorites.
0: McGavin yeah. plays it great.
2: Yeah, he's perfect in that role. He does. Yeah, great. And, you know, Lewis's character is... It's weird seeing him in, like, a serious... Really a pathetic role. Like, That's, uh, a, good because, turn, That's know, a good turn, That's a good turn. Because he's just... You know, it's like you, you just feel bad for the guy. He's a loser, and... Yep, Darren McGavin's trying to make something out of him, and he's running into all these obstacles, and just the the movie, I mean, it has a great, you know, obviously it has a great resolution at the end. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of... uh...
5: Delicate is really the word for Jerry, the funniest delinquent who ever made the rogues gallery.
3: I was just taking out the garbage
5: Yes, he's really a panic. A crazy, mixed-up kid who's really flipped his lid. But underneath it all, he's just a soft-hearted guy trying to get along in a hard-boiled neighborhood. Sidney, I want to give you a present. Oh, really? What is it? This. Isn't that nice, Sidney? It's very nice. But things aren't all bad. This cute little chick thinks he's wonderful.
3: Am I unattractive? oh no no then why in the world do you constantly ignore me why in the world because
5: i'm nothing you don't deserve to be with that or nothing you wait till it's something me when i'm something then i'll talk to you and how jerry gets to be a something makes this story as heartwarming as it is hilarious i want to be looked up to and respected you will be i want to be a cop if you recall the way the movies
4: it's really cool because the way the movie starts if you'll recall it starts with two gangs closing in on each other in, in an alley, and mm-hmm. they're, about to rumble, they're about to rumble, and you're thinking, oh, shit, we're, the fur's about to fly here. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Jerry in his usual uh, goofish self comes bubbling out the back door of the store and breaks the whole thing up. <laughs> the whole thing up. Right. It's, it's really kind of cool the
0: way they did that.
2: Yeah, and then he thinks he killed somebody when he actually didn't, right? Isn't that what right, the right, plot? Right,
0: yeah. He yeah. <laughs> had to have weighed a buck 20. <laughs> I know, soaking wet. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one thing you'll notice is Dean Martin was, he turned this role down, and never was heard from again. <laughs> yeah, whatever happened to that? <laughs> <laughs> Dean,
2: who? <laughs> but you can totally see this movie, like, on, like, today, if it was made today, it would be a Hallmark movie, right?
0: It probably would.
2: Yeah. I but, mean,
3: b-
0: but, but, uh, I think, um, but one thing you have to look at is how big the delinquent movies had become because there is no arguing that Martin and Lewis, and I get that this was a Martin Lewis movie, but it was supposed to be.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Martin and Lewis were the biggest fucking movie stars there were at this time. Yeah. They were so the biggest comedy a- team. There was not, There was no comedy team bigger right. than Martin Lewis at this moment. So it'd be on Netflix moment. then. Yeah. What's that? It would be on Netflix instead of Hallmark. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or Disney Plus.
2: <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah, like the Disney Plus probably makes more sense. Disney right? Plus. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, I mean, I mean, that tells you how far the delinquent movies, they, mm-hmm. they weren't just a B-movie, C-movie. Right. Genre. It, it, was, it was mainstream.
1: Huge. I didn't, didn't really realize it was a genre.
0: Yeah, it was basically every teen movie made in the 50s. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I, bro- uh, if you're a teen, you're a delinquent. De- teen
3: movie. Right. Well, if you were up, a
0: teen, well, you were well, a
2: little well, asshole. Right. Well, growing up, what did you hear? I mean, that was the phrase you heard. You don't want to become a juvenile delinquent. True. Or you're acting like a juvenile delinquent. Do we use that phrase today? Probably not. No. Right?
0: Yeah. Waiting for you to introduce the next uh, movie, Brian. Yeah, so, um,. This takes us down to uh, a, a, where I just want to mention uh, a, a subgenre of the teen movies were the hot rod drag strip strip genre. <laughs> oh, which man! Uh, there were a ton of you want them. to talk about
2: cookie cutter.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you had uh, titles like drag, drag strip strip girl, hot rod girl, hot rod <laughs> gang, hot rod rumbles.
3: <laughs> <laughs> ghost of Dragstrip Hollow.
0: Oh, oh, yes, yes. yes. And uh, you know, the only thing more dangerous than a hoodlum was a hoodlum with a hot rod. Just look at Mel right. Torme. Right,
2: ghost with Dr- Ghost of Dragstrip Hollow had a really cringy trailer. I. It's really- Really bizarre.
0: I, I have to tell you, I couldn't make it through the whole trailer. <laughs> <laughs> a trailer is like two like, minutes and twenty seconds. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was pretty cringy. Oh yeah, it was. And, and, and that says something because now trailers are like a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a channel that shows
2: just trailers, or there's a show. Oh yeah. Um, where they just show trailer movie we, trailers. You yeah. know what it's called? Nothing but trailers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That, honest to God is the name. I thought that
2: might be shot down south somewhere.
0: <laughs> that's
2: a different show, I guess. See, so sorry yeah, for my the, uh, our three, the our the three southern issues. Yeah, What's
1: that? The t Gang.
2: Oh, that was another Hot Rod movie? Yep, Who was I... in that? Oh,
1: let's find out.
2: Probably nobody we've heard of, because that's the theme with these.
1: <laughs> I'm working on it. Oh, it's got a 4.6 out of 10.
2: Oh, that's better than some of them.
1: <laughs> John Brinkley.
0: John Brinkley.
1: Yes. Ed Nelson. I've heard of none of these people. <laughs>
0: yeah, then that's what you're well, that's With Ed most Nelson. of the Hot Rod movies, they yeah, were it's... all people you never heard from.
4: Ed Nelson, Ed, Ed Nelson was in Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, wasn't he?
0: Was he? Oh, uh, Maybe, (laughs) (laughs) the the TV series or the movie? uh, You yeah, I think I thought he
4: might have been in the in the TV series, but I might be wrong. But I he was in one of the two because I like
0: I used to love the TV series.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: He was on an episode of MacGyver.
2: (laughs) 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 Well, whatever's one of the twist on that was was uh was it drag strip girl with a uh, you know you have you have the the girl who's half sex symbol half badass on the on the track you know and then the twist is the guys are trying to get her attention you know in a but usually the guy is
0: the racer yes. and now the, the girl is well, the racer and, yeah. and that's the way they 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 kept doing those movies it was hot rod girl or it was hot rod guy yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it does. Right. Neon I
2: mean, was a right hot rod girl was basically the same as drag strip girl except that it had chuck <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did they ever have a versus?
0: What's that?
1: Hot rod guy versus hot rod girl. That, Who wins? <laughs> great.
0: Yeah. So then I guess uh with all the gang stuff, you have to look at The Wild One. Oh, Marlon Brando. Right. 1953. Ah. Brando puts up the absolute perfect uh, rendition of what uh, the the motorcycle gangster should look like with the uh, the cap and the leather and the leather
2: with the with the with the symbol the the club letters
0: on the back. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, mean, it was his look was iconic to what the motorcycle gang leader is going to look like.
1: Now, did he reference that or did people reference him?
0: People referenced him.
1: So, I wonder if he was was the one that actually started that
0: whole look. I can't say for sure. I'm sure he based it on something, but Uh I think most people that came after that based it on him.
2: I think you're right. Yeah, I think the way Hollywood sets trends
0: yes you know that, the uh, trend was set absolute with that one I so think, I think that, that, go ahead I'm sorry
4: I just was going to say I think that definitely opened the door for the later movies they made with the, the Hell's Angels stuff mm-hmm. oh god yeah opened yeah. the door for that yeah
1: I mean that's that's crazy to think they he may have influenced the whole look
0: of that whole thing right uh, and he absolutely did
2: right and you got the typical guy from the wrong side of the tracks is attracted, is you know, attracted to the um, more socially well-off girl, and then there's that conflict goes along
0: with that. And of you have Lee, Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin was in it. I didn't know yes. that. Yes,
2: he was
3: yeah. the
0: leader, and, and I kid you not, the, the his gang was called the Beatles. <laughs> Great. How
1: was it spelled?
2: <laughs> yeah, two e's. Oh. There you go. Yeah,
1: this great is line.
2: A great
4: line was when one of the establishment asked uh, Brando, "What are you rebelling against?" And he says, "What, what do, you do you got?" got? That's oh right. yeah, that
0: <laughs> is
4: that's
2: right. By the Went way, quintessential. That, that was uh, not to jump too far ahead, but that was spoofed on The Simpsons when Lisa, Lisa <laughs> uh, uh. decided to misbehave.
0: Yeah, Lisa. Well, I mean, that it. whole thing became iconic. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, what Lisa asked Bart? Yeah. Well, so the
2: teacher uh the counselor was asking, you know, what you know, you've been mis- misbehaving a lot. What, uh, you know, what are you rebelling against? And she's got a little toothpick in your mouth. She goes,
3: what are you got? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's, it's great. Um, there's an odd scene in that near the end where they. Where the two guys are trying to describe a tire iron to the cop. Do you remember this? No. It's really funny. It's like, well, yeah, you know, a tire iron where you used to take off the the, the thing and you change the tire. Like the cop's like, he threw what at the what? <laughs> <laughs> like I, was, I was I was floored that this like the cop didn't know what a tire iron was. But
0: anyway, that is really weird.
2: Yeah. But, you know, more adults behaving badly, trying to frame Brando at the end, you know. That is weird. That's yeah. really weird. Wilds. St-
3: <laughs> Wild <Christian. laughs>
0: so, uh, uh, so, anyway, yeah, so the, the, the town is set upon by two different gangs. One
3: mm-hmm.
0: Brando's, one Lee Marvin's.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Lee Marvin winds up uh, teaming up with Paul McCartney. They keep the name The Beatles <laughs> <laughs> but
3: they changed the spelling because
2: <laughs> So what I want to do is talk about another subgenre. Um which is the rock and roll theme. The rock and roll movie. Yeah, the rock and roll movie. The you Alan mean? Freed. Alan yes. Alan Freed uh Tuesday Weld was in a lot of
0: these too. And that's you of know what? Particular interest to me because I have gained quite an appreciation of Tuesday oh, Weld. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Yeah,
2: and you know, she'd never... Um, the last thing I saw Tuesday Weld, as in a, just as a tangent, the last thing I think I saw Tuesday Weld in was Falling Down with Michael Douglas. Um, she was Michael Douglas's wife, I think, in that. Um, really? I think so. Yeah, I think that was Tuesday Weld. Um and, of course, by then, she was past her prime, and you know, right. so to speak. But, yeah, she was big. I mean, there was, like, this two- or three-year window where she was
0: big, and she's just a gorgeous, gorgeous woman, you know. And, my, yeah. my my first uh, recognition of her was in the Flintstones. <laughs> really? Where there, ah. there is a, a, a movie being shot, and I remember Fred yelling, <laughs> Hey, Monday, Tuesday, what you doing on Saturday?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Tuesday, well, was was something else.
0: My God, Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, Alan, but there was this Alan, a sub-subgenre was the Alan Freed movies where he would sort of run the show and, you know, it harkens back to the, uh, almost to the Andy Hardy things where... You know, we're gonna hey, put on this put thing, put on yeah. the show. Yeah, we're gonna put on, we're gonna put on the show, and you know, it kind of draws a parallel in a lot of ways to Footloose later. You know, mm. where a s- small town, something the adults are trying to ban something, and the kids are trying to make it happen. And
4: oh, okay,
2: yeah, So, yeah. You know, uh, Rock, Rock, Rock was one of those. It was a really, I mean,
0: these were musicals in a lot in the most. They really were. Yeah, they were, uh, A lot of them, uh, I thought, were. But they I, best part, not as much uh, story as musical performances.
2: Yes, it makes sense in that spotlight because it's a movie about music, so yes. you've got to have perf- musical performances as part of the plot. You just but have to. Most of those had really good performances. Uh, well, yeah, Chuck so Berry, right? Chuck Berry. Uh, uh, go, Johnny go, go Johnny Go with Richie Valens.
0: Yeah, oh, that's right.
2: Frankie Lyman was another one. Oh, that was yeah. in, he was
0: in Rock, Rock, Back Rock. Back when he was uh, with the teenagers. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Frankie Lyman and the teenagers. Um, and Tuesday, in, in Rock, 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 For uh, just as an aside, Tuesday Weld's voice was dubbed over the singing voice by Connie Francis. No who, kidding. Yeah, who herself ended up in it, it being showcased in some of these. Uh, there, there was a
0: whole lot of the uh, singing voices being overdubbed yeah back then
2: yeah oh yeah um and just another interesting little two interesting little things about this uh valerie harper was an extra in it valerie
0: harper (laughs)
3: yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) rhoda yeah (laughs) valerie harper did she
0: have a giant scarf on her head
2: (laughs) (laughs) and uh it's one of like a handful of these i saw this in a couple of other ones but uh like the the interested parties never renewed the copyright, so it's in public domain. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was I didn't think anything like this was in public domain, but apparently, it happens more often than you think it does. So
0: that seems kind of crazy. Yeah. It does. I, I, especially because they are they feature uh, publicly played yes musical right
2: right. And you know, there's not there's, at this point. There's probably not a lot of residuals to be had with rock, 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 right? But
0: still, right. You know. <laughs> but there's still the performances. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you would think just the performances themselves would cause the music companies to renew the copyrights on these things.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, that means we can use all of it and not have to pay anything. I think that's exactly what it means. I say.
0: Fuck them,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> so, rock around the clock was another one. Another one of those putting on the show right, thing in right. and the Andy Hardy tradition. Alan Freed was in that one as well.
0: Um, and Bill Haley looked Bill like Haley he was, looked like such a teenager. Yeah. With his <laughs> little spit girl. Bill Haley
2: <laughs> Bill Haley features prominently in a lot of the I mean it was uh, he, it was the Alan Freed, Bill Haley fran- mini franchise, really. You know, he
0: he looked like the older guy at the bar. <laughs> That was fine, <laughs> everybody. Hey! Hey, buddy! <laughs> hey, listen. He was big in England.
4: He uh, oh, was ginormous. Really? After after he wore out over here, uh, I remember uh, uh, Graham Nash, for one, talking about how he had shown uh, in an interview years ago, showing his stuff, uh, little alien concert that he had gone to. Uh, over there, so yeah, Haley was huge over there.
0: That's interesting. I remember seeing, um, uh, like a newsreel of a Bill Haley show in England where the teenagers swarmed the stage, started just fucking tearing the stage up. I like the did people. you see that, Dave? You remember that?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Rock Around the Clock has was, was loosely based on. The, the concept of how rock and roll got started, the genesis of rock and roll, and rock and rock around the clock. That was the whole, you know, supposed to be the backstory. Obviously, it's a grossly distorted version of that.
0: Oh God, yeah. you know,
2: but because <laughs> you know, it's it's as we know, it's much more complicated than that. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so, oh, the, oh, it's the, speaking the, of the
0: jump blues and the shout yes. blues and the shit that that, yeah. that I love that came yeah. before that. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And, and don't. Don't knock the rock was another one again it was Alan freed um, but at this point it makes sense to mention you know we were talking about Alan freed how he's he's the godfather of DJs obviously he was the king he still is I mean and if we're going with the theme of this podcast of how that influenced pop culture I mean DJs you know everybody knew their local DJ right? Absolutely. You know, even into the '70s and '80s, it was a thing. Like you knew who your DJ were. You know, and that all goes back to Alan Freed. He wielded a lot of power. You know. Oh, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Uh, And but but in that regard, I I think at that time most of the DJs in their areas did. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was certainly one of the biggest ones. uh, But. Right, that was back at a time where the DJs could decide what got on the radio. It's oh, a lot yeah. of power, yeah. And, well, absolutely. And, and I, I'm going to go ahead and ask you right now, Dave. I, I am. I actually want to do a uh, an episode on the American DJ. Okay. Because of the sway that they, I mean, Jesus, there was a time when they ruled. The so well, they did. They, yeah,
4: they made out their own playlists. And they were very influential, and as Don just said, in their individual cities, uh, just a few names. To, since you brought it up, Hunter Hancock in L.A. was huge. Uh, Dewey Phillips in Memphis was mm-hmm. huge. Oh yeah, and there were uh, there was a couple of guys in Philadelphia who were who were big, and uh, yeah, these guys were. And uh, well, that's how Paola got started because
0: uh, you know it was so important. When well, that's Hunter, what took uh, uh, right. Alan Freed down, yeah, Alan yeah, and a few
4: others. And you know the irony, the, the shame about that was, uh, Dick Clark was doing that as much as anybody, but because of his clean cut image, they didn't go after him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, they mm-hmm. went after Freed because largely because Freed was promoting the uh, the live concerts. They thought he was a he was causing trouble, and at that time. He was pushing all the black acts.
0: Yes, yes. I, I was just about to say that because yep. he, yep. uh, he he absolutely was was uh, putting the black performers on the same level playing field as the yep. white performers, and nobody in establishment liked that. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yes. even if the public actually did. Yes, you know. <laughs> so he
1: yeah. he had musical taste. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. exactly right. Or, or a sort of sense of. You know, a sense of you're you're all missing out on this. Yeah, let's you know let's expose as many
0: people as we can. So, listen, I ourselves. I mean, Chuck Berry and and uh, Little Richard, that was mm-hmm. good shit. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, that wow. was in. A, they were in Mister Rock and
2: Roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it you, you, Wolfman Jack was another one. Remember, a little bit later. You know, yeah, yeah. Wolfman Jack. Yeah, come in that the, part
0: Sixties. He yeah. became uh, the prominent, especially what out like L.A. Uh, well, yeah, and then he got, he became syndicated, of course.
2: Yeah,
4: basically, basically L.A. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. right. And going
2: for you know, Casey Kasem, Rick D's, you know, yeah, Rick Dees. oh, absolutely, yeah. the glorified, you know, glorified. Uh, but but I mean, it was programmed at that point, but right. still,
0: you know. But aside from syndication, I mean, but uh, and then that, and that's my thing when I want to do this is. Um, I want to stay away, stay away from the syndication and uh, just talk about the impact that these DJs had on their cities. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Just just to go off on the tangent. Well, you're talking about DJs. Have you guys ever seen that movie, The Idol Maker? No, I've not seen that.
0: No, I
1: have.
4: Okay. It's, it's, it's a movie worth watching uh, with uh, Ray Sharkey, who, who uh, is dead now. He died of a, of a, of a uh, uh, because he, he, he was a heroin addict and he died because he had uh, AIDS-infected needles. But he was a good actor. And it's a movie made uh, in the early, uh, in the 80s about, uh, loosely, loosely based on the guy who uh, promoted Frankie Avalon and Fabian. Oh, I think I did see that okay and there's a scene where he, 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 he writes songs and he gets the first singer to, to record his uh, song and he starts he gets a, he gets another his his, uh, his dad is a mafia guy so he gets him to loan him like 50,000 bucks to press some copies, and he takes this guy out on the road with a, with a trunk with a you know 45s in his trunk and uh, he goes to uh, uh, a DJ up in uh, Syracuse I think. And uh, uh, there's, a, there's a scene where the guy says, Hey, Vinny, you know, it takes me a long time to build my playlist. You know, I'm particular. It takes And so <laughs> Vinny reaches into his pocket and starts peeling, peeling off bills and stuffs it in a, in a sleeve and uh, hands it to the guy. He, okay, Vinny, you're on the air. It's, it, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's how it worked back then. That's how that whole payola thing worked. Paola. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's, a, that's a good movie
2: if you ever get a chance to check it out. I'm going to have to check that out again.
0: It's yeah. been a while. Uh, I've not
2: seen that, but that sounds like something.
0: And another one, uh, and I know this isn't what we're talking about, but another one that I liked was American Hot Wax.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. I forgot all about that one.
0: That was really, you know. really good. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, that one was about uh, the music scene in the 50s. And wasn't that. Uh, Who was the the main guy that was, uh, shit, The Tonight Show? Uh, Jay Leno, right? He Uh, he played uh, Mookie. Oh, he played who? Mookie? Mookie. Mookie?
4: And Fran Drescher was in that as well. She was. Oh, that's right. Cheryl.
1: Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis was in it. Chuck Berry. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, That was, I, I really enjoyed that movie. The guy's name that played Freed was Tim Tim somebody. I can't remember. Tim
4: McIntyre. There you go. Very good, Don. Yeah, yeah.
2: So one of them, just to just to put a bow on this subgenre, I think we spent a little bit more time on "The Girl Can't Help It." This was the the music, the rock and roll, but it was a comedy, and it had Little Richard. It was a vehicle for basically trying to catapult Jane Mansfield to stardom, but apparently she came across as a, a bad imitation of Marilyn Monroe, and it didn't quite work. She yeah. she kind of
1: looks like it in this photo, but
2: yeah, God damn, she was. Yeah, she was. She yeah. was. Who? Wow. But uh, Fast Domino was also in this, so that was
0: oh, yeah, man, worth and watching. uh. uh uh, Little Richard did the theme song, which I—that's one of my favorite Little Richard songs. Yeah. So here's the to me this the this is one of the most
2: notable things about what we're doing tonight. Period uh, is it influenced Paul McCartney? Really? And it led it led to John Lennon joining the band. No, John Lennon was first. Not according to what I. Said. <laughs> John Paul McCartney and John Lennon had an informal conversation Uh about this, and they started talk. And Paul was he was a big advocate for this movie, and he started trying to, you know, he's like they were doing the skiffle thing.
0: Remember? Yeah, yeah, that was. But that was Lennon. Yeah, and Paul McCartney went to see them. At a concert at a church, well, not a concert, but a a, a, a show at a church. It was during a, a, a festival, and so Lennon was playing with uh, uh, his his skiffle group, the Quarrymen. Yeah, the Quarrymen, and then McCartney came to see them, and uh, Lennon wound up because Lennon uh, was started talking to him on break. McCartney asked if he could see his uh, guitar and started playing twenty flight rock. Lennon was impressed. Then, a couple of weeks later, he asked his friend Pete to ask McCartney to join the band.
4: And McCartney also McCartney knew how to tune a guitar.
0: Yes, which uh, uh, Lennon was doing banjo tuning at the time. Yeah.
1: According to this, they both were underage to see the
0: movie, wore fake mustaches and snuck in <laughs> <up.
3: laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, John, I, I didn't mean to throw you, but, but that's all right. That's that's I, fine. I you know what a beetle weirdo I am. <laughs> yeah. So I
2: know So but I think you know it also establishes you know the connection between Little Richard and the Beatles and how oh, they God. tour together, yeah.
0: You yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. They opened for Little Richard. They opened for Little Richard back in 62? 61,
2: 62? And I saw some story about how they were, they were in the middle of either recording an album or filming one of their movies. They rec- we
1: were recording Birthday right. at Abbey Road. That's it. So they could watch the
2: TV premiere of the film. Of, uh, the British TV premiere of... The film, yeah. So it's it's an influential movie more than you might
0: think. Scott, I am going to give you extra gold stars <laughs> after this.
1: It says uh, producers wanted Elvis Presley to perform in this movie. Wow, really? Yeah, but Tom Parker demanded too much money for Elvis to sing
0: one song. Oh, the Colonel! <laughs> <laughs> the Colonel was always looking out for Elvis. When- <laughs> 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 you know, guys, I
4: hate to keep—I hate to keep going back to to this, but they wanted uh, when they when they went to make the movie West Side Story, they wanted Elvis as Tony. Knew that or not. Oh my El- God! They did. They wanted Elvis to play Tony, and again, the the Colonel uh, thought that was a bad, uh, you know, a bad career move for
0: him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's yeah. amazing.
2: Yeah, you also kind of makes you wonder what else was discarded in his.
0: Yes, you did. You know? Well, I know that... Um,
2: a star's Born. A star born. Uh, Which was, by the way, remade
0: five times. Yes. Or six times. Something Carl, like that. colonel yeah. shot that down for all of us as well. Wow. Because huh. uh, he didn't want him to be... I mean, the... Elvis could have been a star. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, if you look at he some of the born. early movies, if you look at some of the early movies, Elvis was, could, have, could have had some chops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, so he did. Yeah, yeah uh, he could have been pretty good. Yeah, unless you watch Clambake, <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite movie about a Clambake. <laughs> well, it's of course. I mean, it's the it sets the standard. <laughs> So now, uh, when we're looking at teen movies in the 50s, I can't believe we're still in the 50s. I know. Do We have to look at some of the teen horror movies as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first off is The Blob. There you go. Looking at The Blob, too. Steve McQueen. And Anita Corso. What's that?
4: Anita Corso. Yes. From the Andy
3: Bruce show,
0: later on. So uh, you have... Uh, people at Lovers Lane, teenagers at Lovers Lane, to see what they think is a uh, falling star or whatever. Then they realize it's crash landed.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, then <laughs> Zeke <laughs> reaches his hand in, gets gobbled up by the goo. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Uh, hell ensues. Yeah, I always found that
2: unsettling because the. The monster blob, the entity, the alien, whatever you can't kill it, it. didn't ha- right, you can't kill it, didn't really have a personality, right? No. It was just this insidious force that was, yeah, yeah. It was to me, it was just very, very unsettling. Music by Burt Backrack.
0: Oh, well, uh, <laughs> the uh, theme uh,
2: song, right? The theme song, yeah,
0: it, uh, but it was a spoof, right? Wasn't it supposed he was like doing it tongue in cheek, yeah? I, I. I don't know if um, they first did just the theme, or if they added the lyrics later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beware of the blob. Blah, blah. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I have, I have that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you know, the long story short is they figure out they can't fucking they kill can't this kill thing. It. Yeah, so they they wind up airlifting this blob of blob to yeah. the Antarctic mm-hmm. and freeze it. It's still alive mm-hmm. but it's frozen. Right. Still can't kill it. <laughs> and uh, it ends with the end question, question mark. mark. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> I don't know if it was the first one to do that but uh, I, I, yeah I mean I don't know. It's kind of a cool There was movie. kind
2: of a variation. On, uh, there was a book written called The Ice Limit you remember this book? It was written in, no. the, I think, the '90s. Kind of a variation on the Blob. It was basically this alien seed that came down, crash landed. Some oceanographers found it, but they couldn't determine what it was or whatever. And then they realized that it was, uh, it was it was like an alien seed, and they couldn't destroy it. So they took it to Antarctica, the I- below the ice limit. And Did the same thing, so it was like a obviously, it was a, like yeah. a der- derivation of that, yeah.
0: Oh, and uh, sort of like The Thing, yeah, which is uh, The Thing is one of those few movies that the remake is better than the original,
3: mm hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of remakes in general, but, but I, what I think the, the original is what 1958 with James Arnaz. Um to talk about Whit Bissell <laughs> a little bit, don't we?
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many of those was he in? What's that? Know, how many of those was those teen horror movies? You know, it was like the Whit Bissell show, basically. <laughs> you know. You know,
1: I'm reading the last lines of The Blob, mm-hmm. and, and they're pretty great. It says, "At least we got it stopped," and then he goes, "Yeah, as long as the Arctic stays cold."
0: Well, you know what? <laughs> we might be fucked
2: pretty soon.
1: <laughs> I like that's, that's a great
3: line. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's food for thought.
3: Oh, fuck.
2: So, uh, how about I was a teenage Frankenstein, which which combines the two most horrifying things to adults. Monsters and teenagers. <laughs> it is,
0: and um,
2: that was
1: around the same time as I was a teenage werewolf. <laughs>
0: That's right. Oh yeah. We no. Well, in. that that was a se- that was a sequel, I think, I'm or sure was it was a sequel. I, I don't remember if. Do you remember if a were, uh, I was a teenage werewolf. Was a sequel to Frankenstein or vice versa? I, I don't think it was a sequel.
4: I think it was just a standalone movie.
0: Well. Uh, why well, so I like, won't say sequel, but they were based. They were on, all in the same. Yeah, see. they were made by the same uh, filmmakers. Yeah. Um,
1: I was teenage werewolf came out June nineteenth, nineteen fifty seven. Teenage
0: soon. Frankenstein came out in fifty seven as well. Yes, yeah, they, so they both so came a, out the same that's, year. Okay, that
4: wasn't Universal, was it? That would have been one of those. Uh, was, was that oh, a might have been AIP or something?
2: AIP, or something. Yeah. AIP, AIP, AIP. AIP A.I.P.
1: And I was teenage Frankenstein came out November twenty-third,
3: nineteen
1: fifty-seven. Oh, yeah, well. So Werewolf would have came out first. Help me, doctor, please! I
5: know they're gonna kiss me, but don't let anyone see me like that. Please, doctor, help me! Michael Landon in a powerful performance as the boy possessed. Yvonne Lyon, appealing as the girl who loves him. Whit Bissell, unforgettable as the scientist maddened by the mystery of the werewolf. And Tony Marshall, a tough, friendly enemy. These the official pictures? Yes, Chief. Slash on either side of the throat. You got any theories? He was killed by a werewolf. Panic penetrates every home Ah! when this strange unknown killer hits town, taking hold of the teenage crowd, Ah! coloring their practical jokes with hysterical humor that'll make you fall flat on your face with horror. No. Remember how it was when you sprang, suddenly you dug in with your... So, yeah, Michael
2: Landon. Yeah, Michael Landon. So, the thing with with werewolves... I don't get this. and I'm going to have to ask you monster, okay. monster people about okay. this. Okay. I've never understood the concept of... Okay, I, I'm willing to go with... They transform at some point due to some stimulus, right? Okay. They become a werewolf. Okay. Why do they immediately become violent and predatory? I don't understand. That's what wolves do. Yeah, bitch. but they're not
0: all. <laughs> but wolves aren't okay, going around murdering. I would bring a wolf in here right now, asshole. <laughs> And we'll got, see how you but, do with it. But I, wolves aren't going around... Go ask... This, I'm I, I'm telling you what, I'm bringing a wolf in here, you ask it to bring you a beer.
1: I mean, do you want to be a, a teenage corgi? I will... I'm just
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it doesn't have the same effect.
2: I'm just saying. Why does it automatically go from... to? I mean, wolves are not 100% 24-7 violent and predatory. Otherwise, we'd all be slayed by well, wolves.
0: They are mixed with men. Men are always, but
2: assholes.
3: you would think men. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, I'll buy that. <laughs>
0: okay, I'll buy I, that. I, I don't know why they're automatically predatory, but they, they are. are.
1: <laughs> it makes for a good story.
0: It does. It's so my God, so and violent. we're gonna, I, we're gonna have another episode on that because we got to go back to, Lon Chaney Jr. Mm-hmm. and,
1: um, and apparently teenage wolves are good at sports.
0: Are they? Oh, we'll get that in the eighties. <laughs> that's the next episode. Where's yeah. that Michael J. Fox? Oh,
3: that's
0: <laughs> not Wolves. the only one. That's <laughs> not the only one. So uh, now, uh, the thing with uh, the blob, it was also shown with. It, it was shown as a double feature with. That's right. I married a monster from outer space. Yeah. Which, the title kind of gives away the plot. <laughs> Okay, my, again, I've got questions. About yes. This one. Now, she supposedly she
2: finds out that he's an alien after they're married, right? right? Yes. And it, yeah. it slowly dawns on her, uh-huh. and, and it, she, you know, why didn't this
0: become apparent during courtship? Like something was off. Have you ever seen my stepmom is an alien? No.
4: <laughs> hey, listen, since you're talking about I was a teenage werewolf, mm-hmm. there was a there was a similar movie not not as good, called uh, The Blood of Dracula. Oh, and yes! I have that on he, my list! The same, okay, the same theme, a girl and a, and a, a, a vulnerable young lady at an all girl school falls under the spell of a faculty
0: member who... Oh, had she had am, and an amulet, Poe. Yes. <laughs> That's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but Landon
4: was fell under the spell of... Uh, was it Whit Bissell? I don't know. It was another guy.
0: I think it was Whit movie. Bissell, yeah. Yeah. He was
4: Whit Bissell, uh, was hypnotizing him in that one, so very similar theme. Uh, it wasn't as good a movie, as, uh, in my opinion, as, as uh, I was a Teenage Werewolf. But, uh,
2: and gut is relative in these, right? Oh, it's absolutely relative. <laughs> I mean, they're all pretty bad movies. Um, but the idea was to make money, not
0: to make art. Oh God! Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you wanted to put a gun the drive-in, a right? movie at the drive-in, and you and wanted that...
2: the girl to scurry to the man during the scurry, during the scary scenes, That's and
0: you know, right, pretty much. And and uh, oh, and my uh, I see that Guy Williams was also in Teenage Werewolf. Oh yeah, he was Zorro, mm-hmm. and he was uh, Doctor Robinson in uh, the Lost in Space. That's 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 where i really know and then uh and evidently that movie had nothing to do with the cramp song <laughs> i was a teenage werewolf <laughs> yeah pop culture wise that has spawned the whole teenage
2: werewolf thing has but, spawned a lot of music uh, You think yes. i mean that's uh, you make a good point i mean you make okay. a good
0: yeah culturally that's
2: yeah
3: pretty damn big <laughs>
0: yeah. cuz the 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 cramp song was pretty popular
2: mm-hmm yeah, yeah, and there's bands that deal named named after it, and it's 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 taken on a whole thing, and who and never would have occurred to the people that made the movie that that was going to happen. They never thought it was going to have any kind of impact long term,
0: right? Exactly. As, I would assume, and they didn't care that it did or not, right? Well, my favorite part about uh, the blood of Dracula was that she was hypnotized by an amulet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an ancient amulet <laughs> like, uh, uh, okay i'll buy into this
2: what about teenage zombies
0: <laughs> we're talking
2: about Oh, that because, movie was shit and again explain zombie gorilla to me Because I didn't realize it. I guess the primates... No, I
0: I can't explain that. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Teenage zombies (laughs) had a zombie gorilla in it. A zombie gorilla? Yeah.
0: He's on the poster. Yeah. Duh. It's a zombie, but gorilla.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure I understand that.
0: I, I guess if it's a subhuman primate, it's susceptible to zombies. Well, you also have to think that during the 50s... And part of the 60s, the big bad in a whole lot of these movies was a guy in a gorilla suit. You always had a a guy in a gorilla suit in a whole lot of these B grade uh, Mm -hmm. horror movies. Yeah, gorillas are intimidating. They're not. But I never understood why they called them monsters, but it was always, (laughs) you know, so and so versus the monsters. Oh, it's a guy in a gorilla suit. (laughs) 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 No, that has to go back to King Kong. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, uh, you're probably right, but that ha- the, but that happened in a lot of movies. With, you're right. You man. had uh, a mad scientist, and you had a gorilla, a guy in a gorilla suit. <laughs> you're right.
4: The Three Stooges had an episode like that. Yeah, you're right.
0: Scooby Doo had an episode.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, uh, uh, and 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 we were talking about AIP before American International Pictures. Uh, they also gave us uh, how to make a monster. Mm-hmm. Where a makeup man was fired, so he uh, juices some teens up to become monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me me inject you with my monster serum. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm a makeup guy, and I know how to do that.
2: (laughs) It's like semi-science, I guess. Uh, Yeah. It's a bit of a stretch for uh, me, too. uh, Yeah.
0: Um, uh, uh, All... And then we also had teenage, teenage Caveman, and that one was also by Roger Corman. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> who, who was in that, Ryan Robert Vaughn. Robert Vaughn? Robert Vaughn was in Teenage Caveman. As an adult or as a young person? And, well, as a, uh, he was the star. He was really? a Teenage Caveman. Oh really? Yes. Great. <laughs> hey. What year was it? Uh, I I don't have that written down. What? 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 what I'm guys, looking it up. Teenage Caveman. Man. Fifty-eight. I like that. Uh, Scott has become our Robin Quivers. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey,
2: uh, hey, uh, Robin. What do you say? <laughs> I now mean, you nice. wouldn't take. Gonna take your top off, Robin. <laughs> I,
4: I, I can.
2: You You're you gonna take your top off, Scott.
4: <laughs> well, it was only that's interesting because it was only seven years later than he was doing Man from Uncle.
0: So well, exactly. I mean, you got to start somewhere, I guess. Yep. Well, that's Jack, Jack Nicholson. Oh, he, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jack I mean, Nicholson Steve did. McQueen. He did shit for a long time.
2: Right. Yeah. But yeah, he God went to, from that to doing five easy pieces. I mean, how different are two movies than <laughs> that piece of shit that he made? Yeah, I mean, to, so
0: know. I mean, in the fifties. You know, we had all these, um, you know, teenagers from outer space, and we had all the juvenile delinquents and all this horseshit. <laughs> but now that leads us into the swing and sixties. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, originally, I had this uh, pegged as later, but I, I, I honestly, I want—I'd uh, like for Dave to lead us uh, with West Side Story. I would like you to start uh, it's, it. That is 1962, I believe, right? Well, 61. sixty-one. Sixty-one. So we're right at the start of uh, the '60s. This is quintessential teen movie.
4: Yeah. Well. You know, I don't. I can. I can talk for hours about West Side Story, uh, but my favorite. My favorite uh, musical of all time. Um, do you guys have any? you guys have any observations? About, What's that? I'm sorry. Do you guys have any observations about the movie?
0: No. I. I, I want. I, I would like you to take the lead on this because, I mean i know it, it i know it's one of your favorites and i know you have a lot of thoughts on it well let me let me start
4: here and and you you feel free to disagree and don and scott um i broke down and watched the spielberg remake um i was i could spend hours talking about that too uh i was i was not impressed
0: i i i i, I didn't watch it I've I've only seen the original.
4: Yeah. Well, there were, first of all, there was no, there was absolutely no reason to remake that movie. It was a classic. It won Ted Academy Awards.
0: Um, that That's the way Spielberg. I feel a whole about a whole lot of movies, though.
4: Oh, well, you're you're right. That was a Spielberg uh, vanity project. It was. Simple. Anyway, back to, to, to the sixty uh, one movie. Uh, well, uh, that was of course adapted uh, from the. Uh, the stage play.
0: Now, uh, I, 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 let me in, interject real quick. That. Okay, absolutely. Go ahead. I, as a kid, as a kid, seeing this, I was equally enthralled by both Natalie Wood and by, uh, or not, not, yeah, Natalie Wood, right? Yeah. And by uh, Rita Moreno, I was, yeah. I was just captivated by both of those women.
4: Absolutely. Well, Rita Moreno was, was fabulous. She won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, and George Chakiris won Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Um, when they made the movie, they uh, uh, Jerome Robbins and uh, Robert Wise uh, directed it, and they they brought in they brought in members of the original Broadway and London cast. To, you know, to it, it, Robbins, of course, one of the best dancers he could get. Um, I already mentioned that they 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 were thinking about Elvis for Tony, but uh, Parker, we already talked about that, was uh-huh. instant.
1: Good old Parker. Uh-huh.
4: Yeah. So they ended up with uh, Richard Beamer. Um, now somebody, uh, I think Brian earlier mentioned something about overdubbing. <laughs> Everybody was overdubbed in that movie because the guy, Saul Chaplin, was the associate producer, and his specialty was overdubbing voices. Uh-huh. So Natalie, Natalie Wood's voice was overdubbed. Richard Beamer's voice was overdubbed. Um, now, uh, Rita Moreno did her own singing to a point, but uh, in the mo- in the mo- in the number "A Boy Like That." She couldn't hit... The, she had part of that song overdubbed by... Uh, by uh, they, These were session singers uh, who were overdubbing the cards. Um, I first saw the movie when I was 10, in 63, and fell in love with it. And my grandmother, uh, who had been a member of the old Columbia Record Club, had given me a copy of... Um, they got those choices of the month back then and she, and they sent her West Side Story which she didn't care anything about gave it to me I remember that after I saw the movie in the summer of 63 I wore out that that movie soundtrack I just wore it out came to love it and uh, so um, yeah it was um, the everything about it is uh, the acting the uh, the script, I, I was lucky enough to do a production in, in high school. We did we did West Side Story my senior year. And um, now the stage play is a little bit different than the movie. Now, I, I don't want to bore you guys with all that all those details, but I, I was lucky. I fell in love with the character of Riff when I saw the movie. And I was lucky enough to play that part uh, when we did our production. And, uh, you know,
2: so anyway... Uh, what are you guys' observations about the, about the movie? So, was uh, was Carol Lawrence in the stage version, or the she was not in the movie version, correct?
4: That's that's right. She was she was uh, she was Maria in the stage version, and I for, uh That's a great point, Donald. and I've, I've read I've read why she wasn't. I think she wasn't. Um, she wasn't considered. Uh, they wanted a, a movie. They wanted a box office. They right. wanted a movie star. And you know Natalie Wood, as you guys have already talked about, Natalie Wood was coming off of uh, uh, Rebel One, Out of Cause and a couple of other, uh, I think Splendor in the
2: Grass, or maybe mm-hmm. that was later. Oh, yeah. sixty, yeah, seventy-one. We talk, we right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So they wanted a movie star. So yeah, Carol Lawrence didn't didn't, uh, and Larry Kurt played uh, Tony in the Broadway, and and, and he was uh, he was really not the the movie. He was not a movie star type.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah. Okay, I was I had just I had I was uh, I was a musician on the uh, cruise ship line when I was a younger man and okay. Carol Lawrence was one of the people that I was lucky enough to play with. Um, oh, great. time great. came time you know fades those recollections and I couldn't remember if she was in the mo- I've seen the movie a few times but I couldn't remember if she was in the but yeah.
4: What's interesting is now David Winters who played um, who played Arab in the movie? He was Baby John on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And uh, this might surprise you George Chakuris uh, was actually played Riff in the London Company hmm. on, on the stage. And then they, they recruited him to play which he did a great job of, uh, of in, uh, in the movie. So most of those people in the movie had, had been in various um, productions, either Broadway. Or London,
3: mm-hmm.
4: uh, or, or or the National Touring Company uh, when they made the
0: movie. So okay. I love the movie. Uh, I know, and you're not a musical guy either, right? And, and that, that, <laughs> it, it, it keeps blowing <laughs> John's mind because uh, this is the second time I've mentioned I really uh, that I like a musical. The other one I mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago was that I love The Music Man. Yeah. yeah oh, great. I would have guessed you as a paint your wagon guy. <laughs> I'm on a jerk <laughs> wagon.
2: <laughs> I, never a I never got that one. Man. I never got that one. I get
0: Grease too.
3: <laughs>
0: Electric Boogaloo.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. We In the first episode we did, we deemed all sequels phrases, right? yeah. Electric Let- Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So I, I mean that I'm, that movie is, is is fantastic. It leads us into the sixties, and I I just want to bring in I got coming into the sixties is that the teen movie had changed. Uh, rock and roll lost its teeth. You mm-hmm. had Little Richard yeah. had uh, left to join. Uh, uh, the, the, he became a preacher.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You had Elvis in the army had been in uh, in Inducted. service. Right. And when he came out in 1960, he was not the same Elvis. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: You had uh, Chuck Berry was in jail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, rock and roll. Rock and roll's teeth was removed. There was there was nothing dangerous now about uh, rock and roll. It was guys like you know Bobby Bobby Vinton Bobby Bobby Vinton and Bobby V and everybody named Bobby Bobby. You know it, it was it was. It was a bunch of horse shit for the next... So how do you really feel about no, it? No, rock and roll for the next several years was horseshit. shit. Uh, I'd say from, what, 50... About 1960 to maybe 1963-ish. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, there were some good songs, but right. there was for, a lot of really bad right, stuff.
2: For, the whole, for a lot of the mid-60s, it was... It was John Davidson singing "Little Green Apples," you yeah, know. It was a lot of that going on. That was what passed for popular music.
0: Yeah. yeah, there was
4: the only bright spots during that period of time were the beginnings of Motown and uh, oh uh, god, the, yeah, and right. the surf sound coming out of you know the beach, the beach sound coming out of the West Coast. Uh, but other than that, yeah, Don, you're right. There's there was a lot of schlock, a lot of schlock.
1: Can I know? can I ask a question? Yeah, how yes. popular were soundtracks before West Side Story?
2: Wait, that's well, a good question because I don't recall. I mean, it I was, never hear about it
1: prior to West Side Story.
2: You know, it's, that's interesting, Scott. Did you ask that?
1: I did.
4: Yes. yes. Okay. You know, it's interesting because uh, I've, I've heard I've heard the late Stephen Sondheim talk about this in an interview. Um, when they did the Broadway production of West Side Story, the, the songs did not become known. I think there was only one. There was only one recording made of, of of any of the songs from that show, and I forget who made the recording. But then, because it, 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 it was Broadway, and not that many people saw the saw the play, when the movie came out, and you had the na- the nationally distributed movie soundtrack, then the songs, uh, then the songs became very popular and started people started doing, uh. You know, doing cover versions of, of, of all the songs, like tonight and, and all the you know, I feel pretty mm-hmm. and all, the right? Rest of so, yeah, before that time, uh, soundtracks were not that popular. They didn't do that. Well. Yeah,
1: because I, I I what you said you 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 got that soundtrack. I I don't remember hearing about prior soundtracks.
4: No, you're right. And I, I was young. I mean, I was only like, I say, I was only well, when well, my grandmother gave me that. I was like eight, and I but I didn't really start listening to it until after I'd seen the movie, as I said it. And once I saw the movie, I, I just uh, you know, of course, I had my favorite parts of it. Um, but yeah, the soundtracks before that time were not that. Yeah,
1: I, it sounds like they were the cutting edge for the soundtracks then. For what we know uh, now.
0: Yeah. I think I think it was. Well, how many years later was the Music Man? Because that had to be like the next year and like sixty-three.
3: Sixty
4: two. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, Brian, because the Music Man uh the Music Man and West Side Story opened at the same time. No shit. Uh, on Broadway and they were both up for the for the best for the Tony Award for the best um, the best new musical and West side story lost out to the music man for the Tony oh, really here. Yeah. And so they, they, they made West side story. Then uh, the music man, which by the way is my second favorite musical uh, <laughs> of all time. And uh, the movie came out in 62. And again, because the move, because of the movie, you know, nationally, that that
0: soundtrack became huge. Well, and that's what that's what I was going to say is yeah. that is a soundtrack. When I was a little kid, I wore that sound. I wore that album out. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. loved. I loved the comedic parts of it. I loved. The, I. I they, they, it was so syncopated. Yeah, ab- absolutely.
4: Like, yeah. Uh, what's, what's your favorite? What's your favorite number from that
0: show? <sighs> Probably trouble. Yes, <laughs> yeah. we got
3: Absolutely. trouble in
0: River City. Right? But uh, 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 yep. but the the syncopation part, uh, uh, I I th- is uh, pick a little talk a little. I mean that that whole thing was amazing to me as a yeah. kid. Yeah,
2: you're
0: right. But that's not a teen movie, is it? West Side Story? No, The Music Man. <laughs> Yeah, an amusing uh, uh, man. Yeah, there, not... there, were teen- there were teenagers in it, so <laughs> that's right. They they were. They got
4: kicked out of the library. <laughs> and, and by the way, there was there was a juvenile delinquent, or so called. Oh, Tommy that's G- right, Tommy. Tommy. Tommy Gilles, yeah, yes, kid from the wrong side of the tracks.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. did you know in the music man the two songs 76 trombones and "Goodnight, mr someone are the same tune really played at different tempos
2: yeah oh that's true <laughs> i
1: just read that and i'm da, like da, 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 that's kind da, of interesting da, da, da. Da, 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 da,
0: da, da, my someone.
1: <laughs> wow! Holy
3: shit! <laughs> I'm <Mind laughs> blown. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: and by the way, it was the same the same uh, the Buffalo Bills, the same barbershop quartet. They were in the Broadway. They did the Broadway show and the movie. Same same four guys. Oh no shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. They
0: were good. I uh, I I enjoyed them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nothing I ever say about any barbershop <laughs> except the B sharp.
4: Well, actually, my my father uh, was a barbershop singer, uh, and I unfortunately he was a good a good singer. Uh-huh.
0: Unfortunately, I did not ha- I did not inherit his his singing voice. So now uh, we're going to go back to what, what were we talking about—the where the boys are, right?
2: Where the yeah, where the boys are, another influential teen movie from the '60s. Uh, this is teenagers in, invade beach in Fort Lauderdale on spring break. Now you don't know, know what the floodgates opened with that, right? With the teen, the the spring break movies.
0: I there, mean, <laughs> so, well, not only that, but there were like when that movie opened. They were like, I want to think seventy five thousand teenagers <laughs> descended upon Fort Lauderdale. They were sleeping. Every they had to bring in the uh, Coast Guard. Yeah, to, to, to <laughs> <laughs> corral these teenagers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I great. mean that. That's and, how big this movie since, was. Yeah,
2: that movie was. Spring Break became a thing.
3: in yes. that movie,
2: and it has been a thing ever since. Yes, right? yeah. So, um, but the the cast is pretty amazing too. You got Connie Francis, George mm-hmm. Hamilton. Yeah, uh, you got Jim Hutton, who was TV, TV Thompson, I think his name was, in the movie George Hutton. You, uh, no, I'm sorry, not George Hutton, Jim Hutton, who was Timothy Hutton's father. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And Frank Gorshin.
3: Frank Gorshin. <laughs> you keep going back. <laughs> yeah,
2: but this was a uh, sexually supercharged movie. I mean, that was the whole. I mean, and what I noticed about that, watching some of this footage, is how closely packed everything together was on that beach. I mean, it was just incredible how many people you can get on one beach.
0: Yes. Uh, and I think that's the way it was for most of the beach movies. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the beach shots, they wanted as many asses as
3: they could. <laughs> yeah.
0: When they did the, the dancing scenes. Am I right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but
2: it, it's, it's better than most of the... I mean, it was... Well, a good Oh, movie. that's a good That's movie. That kind of... Most of the beach movies were <laughs> right. shit. Right. And then, you know, we've been talking about a lot of movies tonight. Not very many of them would you call good movies. But this one, I think you could, you know, obviously it's subjective, but it's...
0: Oh well, a- no, we-, we talked about some yeah. good
2: movies. Yeah, like but- The Blob. <laughs> 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 we talked about West Side Story would qualify as a good movie, I think. You're right. So we talked about a we- few. We talked yeah.
0: about... Rebel Without a Cause. Right. Yeah, I mean that was forgot. good movies, but yeah, <laughs> but we talked about some shit too. Cry baby, cry baby killer. <laughs> yeah, you're you're thinking of you're you're staying there. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it grabs my grabs my attention. The bad movies for some reason. Um, but yeah, uh, you want you think about? Uh, it, what's funny is is you know. Um, how this the, the sex was front and center in this one uh uh-huh. i mean there were there were high, all these hijinks jinks what what on year
0: and, did this come out
2: oh what year was i want to say 63 Where the boys are 1960 60 oh that oh, early. okay oh shit
0: so the, right at the beginning
2: right and so this would have still been a little bit risque with a lot of tna oh going absolutely on. Yeah. you know yeah
0: and way more risque than what the you know the the, the subsequent beach movies that, that That's came out. That's
2: a good point because they they made a point with those movies to keep it, you know, you know implied. Yes. Keep the sexuality implied. You know, whereas uh, where the boys are, you just look at that trailer. There's nothing implied there. <laughs>
5: going.
3: Where the boys
5: are! The screen jumps for joy with Glendon Swarthout's inside story of those uproarious Easter vacations. Gentlemen, the city of Fort Lauderdale is once again under fire from the north. Now, Fort Lauderdale is not the only community to be invaded at this time. In Palm Springs and in Newport, on the beaches of the mid Atlantic, the students of America are gathering to celebrate the rites of spring. Where's the beach? According to this, it's across the street. Join the fun as the gang tears loose where the boys are. There's plenty of room, all the comforts of home. Anybody here from Princeton? Come on, live it up with their laugh sessions, their romantic sessions, and those way out jam sessions.
3: You gotta turn on the sunshine, you going to push the blues away.
5: It's the singing sensation of the nation, Connie Francis, who falls for a nearsighted purveyor of something called dialectic jazz. You me rub rosin on my bow. They come from everywhere, with every kind of an approach. You just saved the life of T.V. Thompson, junior class, Michigan State. This guy believes in the direct approach. Now take sex. What? Well. Even the Ivy Leaguers get into the act, with a big yacht, no less. Would you like to stay aboard tonight? probably about the coolest approach I've ever had. Each girl has her own approach to love. That's my ambition, to be a walking, talking baby factory. Legal, of course, and with union labor. Honestly, Doctor, if a girl doesn't make out with a bad once in a while, she might as well leave campus.
3: I should like to know what making out means, and so would the class. Well, I... Dr. Roger, I think they do already.
5: <laughs> you certainly had me fooled all that talk. That's all it was is talk. Unless you love me the way I love you. I love you, Merritt. It's all in the name of Spring Vacation, rollicking with the hilarious abandon of his wacky, warm, wonderful young people. Last one rock to rotten me! <laughs> as they bring good cheer and confusion to the natives and hysterics to the audience in the screen's biggest bonanza of bang-up entertainment.
3: We're the boys. Someone waits
5: for... What lungs?
1: Get those lungs.
5: It hasn't anything to do with her lungs. You gotta give in one time.
3: You gotta turn on the sunshine. Push those blues away. Where the boys are, that's for me.
0: And then you, you go to, well, well, 1959 had Gidget, which I guess started the whole beach thing, right, Dave? Yeah. That was Sandra D. Yes. Okay. That one was Sandra D. The original. Yeah. And then that sort of led in, uh, coming into the 60s, it's, it's Mike the Dog. Mike the Dog Mike. has Mike. made... Uh, Mike has made his, have his, you know, his appearance. Have, have you heard of ah. tap dancing? <laughs> Mike it, has made it, his whenever appearance. Whenever Mike makes an appearance, it Literally. sounds like a troop of tap dancers have entered the room. Then going into. Yeah, you want to segue into the Beach Blanket the thing. The Beach Blanket. Yeah. You know, the Beach movies with uh, Frankie and that, was, uh, you know, they were mainly Frankie and Dee Dee. Yeah. Uh,. But they were they were one movie. Uh, yeah, they were
2: one movie that they split into twelve parts.
0: Yes, <laughs> I mean, uh, you had uh, okay the, the seven in order of release or are Beach Party. Mm-hmm. where you have an anthropologist studies culture of the kids <laughs> because he
3: thinks beach
0: culture is going back to like uh, uh, caveman days. That was Bob, Bob Cummings, I believe. Yes. Uh, 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 and um, the uh, and this set the the tone on all the other ones where I'm going to make you jealous.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the the appearances by uh, of, of Eric Von Zipper I I always appreciated in all of those movies. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they had recurring characters, which was one of the endearing things, right? About the Yes. Don Rickles was in
0: Yeah, he was in a lot (laughs) of them.
2: Yeah. What (laughs) was he he was Mr. Plough? Mr. Drop.
0: Mr. The Big Drip. The Big Drip. Was that what it was? Big Drop? Big Drip. Big big Drop. He he was he was all kinds of different. (laughs) But he wasn't Mr. (laughs) Plough.
3: That that was (laughs) (laughs) Homer.
5: Everybody's going to Bikini Beach To have fun in the sun with that musical beach party gang Frankie Avalon Annette Funicello Martha Heyer Harvey Lembeck Don Rickles and special guest star Keenan Wynn. I am determined to prove that you young people are borderline cases leaning toward feeble-mindedness
0: with an abnormal preoccupation with sex. <laughs>
5: Bikini Beach. Serpent Monkey Shines versus The Call of Love.
3: Every time we kiss now, it's
5: plain to see. It's Watusi time. Will they all stand up as he idles by? Gonna cheer cheer on for the record try. Ha ha ha! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Now that's
3: the way. Oh yeah.
5: What did you say? One zipper's rats.
3: You stupid. So
5: versus the beach party gang going drag strip.
0: Rick Zipper in all those movies. Vaguely. Uh, oh, Bailey. man. He was my favorite part on all of those. Okay. okay. He he was uh he dressed exactly like uh, uh Brando. <laughs> <laughs> in the wild one, he had the cap and the leather and everything. It was an obvious take <laughs> on Hell Brando. Yeah. Uh, uh Harvey Lembeck, I I thought was great. Um yeah. Uh, next was muscle, muscle Beach Party. Oh yeah! And this was was the first one that included Don Rickles, and he was the owner of her gym. <laughs> because when you when you see Rickles, you think, oh, yeah, gym owner. You think.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this also had the first appearance of Stevie Wonder. What in a motion picture? Really? A little Stevie Wonder. He uh, performed basically fingertips. It wasn't slightly different than fingertips. <laughs> yeah. but uh, Yeah, it was. It, uh, uh, he basically said, come on, come on. Yeah, that's noteworthy. <laughs> I mean. Cause... Uh, yeah, but, yeah, it was his first film yeah. appearance. Yeah. Um, then this one was followed by Muscle Beach Party which, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, oh, no, I've I've already talked about Muscle Beach Park. Next was Bikini Beach.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Uh, Harvey Lembeck was back as Eric Von Zipper, (laughs) and Frankie Frankie played dual roles as both Frankie and Potato Bug, who was an alien, and (laughs) Annette wanted to make Frankie... Jealous. Jealous
2: with bugs. With, <laughs> with potato,
0: potato bugs. bug, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, Don Rickles was a big drag. <laughs> a big stash. That's what it was... <laughs> and it also had Keenan Wynn. Mm. <laughs> yeah. and, and Stevie
1: Wonder was in it again.
0: Really? Oh, yes, he was. Yep. I, and I just found that out the other day.
2: I just found it out now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that one was Pajama Party. Oh, Tommy. I didn't realize
2: Pajama Party was part
0: of that. Story. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, Tommy Kirk is a Martian named Go-Go. <laughs>
1: Why are there so many Martians? Like
0: great, <laughs> the Great Kazoo. <laughs> you yeah, had Elsa Lanchester and Dorothy L'Amour. And this was the first appearance uh, as uh, of uh, Buster Keaton mm-hmm. as... Chief Rotten Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you also have uh, Terry Garr and Terry Tony Basil Gar. as uncredited roles in the Pajama, oh, as, wow. and in Pajama Girls. Oh, wow. Um, Annette has the hots for Big Lunk.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and, and,
0: and, uh, oh God, I wish I would have written down his name because he was in all of the the uh, beach movies. The big dude with the the tall hat. Anyway,
1: did he play Big Lunk? Yeah, uh, Jody McRae. Jody
0: McRae. He was in all of these, and he had that. His name's changed. His Big Lunk, or Dumbass, or... <laughs> dumbass? You know, I don't think he was dumbass. He always he had a southern twang. <laughs> so, naturally, he was from the south, so he was stupid. <laughs> oh, there goes... <laughs> oh, we've alienated <laughs> all of our yeah, southern well, listeners. No, I'm just saying, that, that's, that <laughs> that's the was stereotype, the, that right? Was, yeah. The,
2: and, the, you know, fairly or not, it still is. I know.
0: Mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: He played Bonehead in a couple movies. Bonehead, yes. Bonehead was another one. How to stuff a wild bikini <laughs> was
0: was a movie. Yep. Yeah.
3: We'll, we'll get it <laughs> I want to watch that one. I not,
0: so, so anyway, so uh Annette has the hots of Big Lonk, which is the first time this has happened. And um she's he's not interested, so she flirts with Go Go the Martian to make him jealous. <laughs> there is Sort of a thing going on with the yeah, jealousy.
2: I get it. Yeah. Uh,
0: if they come back again in Beach Blanket Bingo.
2: Okay, so Beach Blanket Bingo, we need to spend a little bit more time on because that's
0: that it, it was that one. As far as the beach movies go with Frankie, that you know, that one that one was kind of gold.
2: Yeah. So you had Don Rickles again. You had Paul Lynde. Yeah, Linda Buster, Evans. Buster Linda that's right. A very young Linda you had Buster, very Keaton. Young Linda Buster Evans. Keaton dancing around. Yes. Which is pretty amazing. You know, and it's you know, in it's a musical. And Buster Keaton is against you know, he's a show stealer. I mean it, it, you know. It's just that physical element that he has. I mean he's always he was always that way. Oh I mean that was God, this was, thing. Buster
0: right? Keaton was amazing. Can He could can he guess steal who any scene. He was in, what's, it, what's can, it? Can you guess who played Bonehead? Uh, Judy McRae. <laughs> yes!
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, uh, I, I want to say that uh, you know, uh, Riggles was in this one again. Mm-hmm. But in this one, he had an opportunity. And I, I'm telling you, I just watched part of this Night Before Last. And it was great. It, it looked like they just gave Rickles the green light and said Rickles be Rickles <laughs> and he comes out you know uh, uh, Annette was usually Dee Dee in most of the movies and he comes up to uh, their their table and he goes Frankie and Dee Dee Frankie and Dee Dee he goes what are you doing here you're 43 look at you <laughs> Old and wrinkled. You're 43. Go home. He goes, Frankie, Frankie, have you heard yourself sing? You can't sing. <laughs> he says, Frankie, sing ah. Frankie <laughs> starts singing ah. He slaps him in the face. That's terrible. <laughs> he goes, Dee Dee, Dee Dee, I never liked you. <laughs> Personally, I never liked you. She starts laughing. He goes, What are you a seal? I, of course, everybody, anybody that's listening to the show knows I'm a, a Don huge Rickles, fan, Rickles fan. Absolutely,
3: uh, th- th-
0: this movie, I, I th- but that's the one
2: that, of the twelve or however many thirteen. That's probably the most well known. What would you say?
0: I movie? would say. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when most people think of the beach movies, they say beach, beach blanket movie. But they banco. don't,
2: right? But they don't mean that. Right. They don't understand maybe that there's more to it than that yeah. just that movie, right? Yeah,
0: Yeah. And End uh, was Yes. Paul
2: yeah, <laughs> Pauline. Yeah, he's the center square in every.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> every role, <laughs> right? <laughs> Any thoughts on that one,
4: uh, there, Dave? Uh, guys, I haven't seen those movies in such a long time. I gonna, uh, I was the same way. I <laughs> I'm going to defer to you, guys. You 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 guys sound like you know a lot about these, and so I uh,
0: I'm going to defer to you. Well, the next one was uh, in 65, Ski Party. This time they moved from the beach to the the ski slopes. slopes. Yes. (laughs) The best part is James Brown and the famous Flames perform in the ski lodge. Really? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And they do, uh, I got you. Oh, Cool. Wow. That's yeah. I mean, every white person says, "I feel good." Right. Right. Right.
2: (laughs) Right. Like the Buffalo Springfield song, "Stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody, look what's going on. What's the name of that song?" For what it's worth, yes. Nobody knows the name of the song, right? You know, it's it's it's, and it's like that with, "I got you, I feel good." It's it's. "I got you." It's not fucking. I feel good. <laughs> and it's not TJ. Oh, it's and, not, <laughs> yeah, and right. party. it's party It's Bobby. Right. Bobby Yaga. Bobby what O'Reilly. Is, Bob O'Reilly. <laughs> Bobby O'Reilly. Bobby Yaga is Emerson Lake, and Palmer. Sorry. Yeah. Emerson Lakin Palmer. It.
0: <laughs> I always get oh, this confused. I have no idea what we're talking about now. <laughs> but uh, uh, also in that movie were Yvonne Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Leslie sure. Gore.
2: Oh, really? Leslie
0: Gore. Leslie Gore was in that. Wow. Uh, the follow-up, Did she sing in that? I don't know. Mm. I don't have that in my notes. Okay. Uh, but the follow-up was the last of the official beach party movies. Uh, and the third one released in 1965. Oh. Third fucking movie released in 1965. Wow. It's so a this is quality industry. shit. Yeah. <laughs> They just filmed them all at the same time. Well, it's time. Like, a, like
2: James Bond. They released the James <laughs> Bond every <laughs> single year, right? That's true. I mean, yeah. Uh,
0: well, this is the third one in one year. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's a little different. Uh, no. It was uh, How to Stuff a Wild Bikini. <laughs> it has Frankie being jealous. <laughs> and asking a witch doctor being played by Buster, Ke- Buster Keaton. <laughs> And uh, they, he sends a woman to lure Ricky away from Annette. Ricky was another character that was wooing Annette. So he sends a woman to lure him away from Annette just in case she has the hots for him. Mm. He's you know, making, that, sure, just that making name, sure. That's one
2: of the most interesting names of a movie is
0: Yeah, hey, stuff of wild yeah. Movie. Wasn't there a movie called The Ghost in the Invisible Bikini and I believe there was. And that Vincent had Price. that it's not in the official seven but okay. that actually had Boris Karloff in it and Basil Rathbone. Okay. Okay. I thought there was one that had Vincent Price in it. Oh, uh, that was uh, Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. Yeah.
1: Hey. Holy, I, I'm not uh, even looking at my eye, pulling the chest out I know, that's, that's pretty
0: good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. I got all excited and I forgot where I am. So, yeah, we were uh, talking about uh, Ghost. Uh, let's see. We had Ghost in the Invisible Bikini, which we started to talk about. Then we have uh, Dr. Goldfit, Dr. Goldfoot in The Bikini Machine and a sequel, Dr. Goldfoot in The Girl Bombs which features vincent price in the title role and it obviously it's it's a bond Mm -hmm. takeoff
3: uh but it it it
0: it it covers uh more ground because it's not only a bond takeoff but it gets the bikini Mm -hmm. stuff in there um ghost in the invisible bikini which featured boris karloff Basil Rathbone and Nancy Sinatra,
3: hmm.
0: <laughs> lot, and uh, along with Dino's daughter Claudia Martin.
3: Hmm.
0: Okay. Eh. <laughs> uh, uh, Von Zeppelin showed up in this one as well. Then we have the Fireball 500, where stock car racers uh, are forced to run moonshine. Oh! And finally, we have Thunder Alley. Thunder Alley, where a uh, stock car racer is forced to join a thrill circus. So we made an,
3: <laughs>
0: so we made an interesting
2: shift into stock cars here.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, uh, it's already getting later in the 60s, and things are getting more dangerous. <laughs> We're ranking on a net. <laughs> now, uh... Uh, Before we leave the 60s, I want to talk about Lord Love a Duck. Oh, God, yes. Now, now, have you ever seen this movie, Dave? Which one? Lord Love a Duck. No, I have not. You know what? I had not seen this. And when I was looking up teen movies of the 60s, it it kept showing up in every list I was looking at. This is one of the most... It's trippy. It is a weird, It's a dark comedy. Yeah, it's and it's extremely dark. I mean, extremely dark. Um, Rodney McDowell, Rodney McDowell, the main guy, yeah, and Tuesday Weld mm-hmm.
2: again. Yeah, it's they. Uh, they it's very they, campy
0: to me. It felt it's campy, campy but they darkly campy. They uh, basically sign a contract on the top of the school in concrete. And Roddy McDowell, who I... I th- this whole thing is very Faustian to me. It's very... Well, the whole thing... It's satire. The whole thing is so...
2: Oh, it's satire.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, doesn't that feel Faustian? A little bit. Yeah. Because he's like, you sign this contract, I'll make whatever you right. want. happen. Exactly. Like a Faustian bargain. Right. Yeah. So... Uh, Tuesday Weld signs her name in the concrete. And the first thing she wants is... Twelve cashmere sweaters, Because right, she's got to gotta get that. Yeah, she's got to get she, all twelve. She to, got it. You'd have to have twelve cashmere sweaters to join the cashmere sweater club right. in high school. <laughs>
3: right. And this,
0: this was a really disturbing. I thought that the, the whole thing with her shopping for the sweaters was fucked up. The whole movie is fucked up. Oh, but that that part to me is the most fucked up. She's shopping with her dad.
2: Um so so chasing a dude in a wheelchair with a bulldozer wasn't fucked
0: up. <laughs> no. Well, that was at the end. But we're going into this and uh she's with her dad, and, and her dad is played by the same guy that uh was uh grandpa Fred in Sixteen Candles. Oh, what was that guy's name? Oh sh yeah, he's dead now. Uh oh God, everybody we're talking about is dead. <laughs> is Ronnie McHale's still alive, right? I'm, well <laughs> it, was qu- it was a quick joke. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I,
0: I know you're talking about. I can't remember his name. So, Bradley uh, McDowell says, okay, you, you and your parents are split up, so you can guilt your father into getting you the, the, the cashmere sweaters. And she goes, all 12? And he goes, no, 13. <laughs> he can get 13 out of this. And they go to a, 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 a shop and she starts, she, she's like petting these sweaters, and she's getting like all oh, like sexy and shit. Mm-hmm. And she starts. He goes, "You want me to try them on?" I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should try them on. And it gets really pervy. Yeah. Because what the, the, I mean, she's like, okay, this is I don't know, cherry on top or whatever, you know, the name of the bubblegum yum. And
3: Mm -hmm.
0: it gets like the third one and like, they're like making these orgasmic faces. (laughs) I was like, ah, this is, (laughs) I mean, it was, it's
2: almost like, like Mel Brooks meets, Mad 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 world. I mean the whole it had the caper thing to it. It did. But it had that Mel Brooks satire on it. But
0: the whole thing was I, I I thought that sequence was really dark and sort of Yeah,
2: the whole th- it's there's it, a dark element through the yeah. Yeah. I but I have to say I I know it got mixed critical reviews. It did. But I enjoyed it. I did too. You know, I have to say, I don't know why. But and I have
0: to, say, I, I thought Roddy McDowell's performance really good in it. But
2: yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan, so I, yeah. I'll watch pretty much anything he's in. So you know, yeah. It, but what a, what a one off movie. There's nothing quite like.
0: There, <laughs> like there is not. And I tell you what, I'm glad it came up in my list because I probably never would have seen oh, it. Right, right. It was because it got forgot because the, the producer. Was mystified
2: that it didn't do better. He thought he had a hit. Yeah, and he did not. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it was. But I like you know, like I said, I enjoyed it.
0: So, Bye Bye Birdie. Got to talk. You about know what? Bye bye I, I And I don't have any notes on Bye Bye Birdie because I, I started. To, I started to put it in, and I, then I, I kept thinking, okay, is it a teen movie?
2: Is it not? Very much takes place in well. Takes place in Columbus, or right outside of Columbus, right, okay. Columbus, Ohio, in Sweet Sweet Apple, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we've got Anne Margaret, Paul Lynn, uh Dickheads. It's got a huge pop culture impact. You want to think. You want to talk about how this this movie has is still in production on the stage, high school, college, community theater. It's still going, you know. Uh, Jesse, oh God, what's his name? Jesse Pearson. Jesse uh, Pearson. Jesse Pearson was Conrad Birdie in the movie. Okay. Um, what's weird? Don't need to go over the plot of the movie, right? It's 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 this
0: right, singer because, uh, comes. Uh, yeah, he's, he's coming to town, he and he is drafted by the army, right?
2: Yeah. So there's an Elvis. Thing with that, right? Well, however, I, yeah, absolutely. however, it's inspired, oddly enough, by Conway Twitty. What? Conrad Birdie is a play, the name is a play on words Conway. On Conway Twitty. Twitty. Yeah, I get it.
0: So, well, I get that too. Because but...
2: Conway Twitty was a teen idol. However, when you watch the movie, it's obviously an Elvis spoof, right? He's got this gold suit and yeah. boots and he's making the girls faint and all, all of that stuff. You know, and, and of course the guys
0: all hate him and the girls yeah, all love him. And In my mind, I remember Conway having two hits. Uh, Blue Boy. Only Make-Believe. Yeah, and then that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the rockabilly shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it was like uh, two, two of them. I never saw him right. as the teen idol thing, right? But I think it was
2: probably just name only. Okay. Everything else on the character was clearly an El- it's an Elvis thing. Oh God, yeah, you know. Um, but what's weird is he makes his appearance late in the movie, right? When you say, I mean, it's a two-hour movie. Je- uh, Jesse Pearson, Conrad, Birdie shows up maybe with thirty minutes left in the movie. It's all this, and I think that's deliberate. It's all this anticipation. Of here Conrad's coming, Conrad's coming, Conrad's coming, and Ann swooning over him and you know, Paul Lind is, is being the overbearing dad and of course that spawns the kids, cads, kids, <laughs> what's well, kids today.
0: I mean, but there's nothing more famous than But that's a great that's a great song. That is a fucking great that's, song.
2: If if he's known for anything, it's that musical. Yeah, Well that
0: that made that made Paul Lind huge.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it had you know Bob, uh, Bobby Rydell, Janet Lee, who you know the whole story about Janet Lee was really pissed off because the director's camera kept finding Anne Margaret. I could yeah. see that. Yeah. So, so Janet Lee I've was supposed Anne to be Margaret. the star. You know, she's starring opposite right. Dick Van Dyke, right. and she got she was getting pissed because this is supposed to be her starring role, not Anne Margaret. But when you think of "Bye Bye Birdie" as a, oh, movie, I think Ant-Man of Anne Margaret movie. It's an Anne Margaret movie. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So,
0: any thoughts on this, Dave? Uh,
4: <laughs> of course, that was an adaptation of, of a Broadway uh, musical. Mm-hmm. Um, Don is absolutely right that that has become a classic of, um, of of especially high school and and young you know summer theater um, plays. I was never. I I, I never liked the show, particularly myself. Um, It's it's interesting. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that Dick Van Dyke's girlfriend in that movie was Cheetah Rivera, who was the original Anita in West Side Story on Broadway. So just just to, uh, you know, insert that. Um, I I, I never cared much for the show.
2: I thought it was uh, a little silly, but uh, that's just me. Um, it did spawn uh, "Put on a Happy Face."
0: Oh, a that's very, right! Very famous right. song yeah. that came
2: from from that movie. Yeah.
0: No, I, 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 I again, I can't, I can't deny its uh, cultural significance and uh, everything is Bond, but I'm with Dave. I, I never liked it. <laughs> I, I, as a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, I tried to watch it and. I mean, it's
2: not my favorite movie, I, but I think I probably enjoyed it more than than you guys did. You, but know again- what's, interesting, if you
4: guys, what's interesting is I don't know if you have if you guys ever watched *The Mad Men*. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah a great show. There was an episode in *Mad Men* where they're they're trying to sell uh, uh, an advertiser uh, on the soft drink, and this advertiser they they want uh, an ad that looks exactly like. That intro with Anne Margaret. Samuel I remember that episode. And yeah, and that's the highlight of the that's the highlight of the movie, as far as I'm concerned, is the way because they were talking about how Anne margaret and they brought in a girl that looks a lot like Anne Margaret, and they, and they and they filmed the commercial frame for frame just like that theme, and the advertiser turned it down. He said, "No, guys, it's just not making it." Yeah, and when they left the room, one of the guys in the agency said, no, she wasn't at Margaret. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, right. that was a highlight right yeah, there. Yeah, I
2: remember that episode of Mad Men. I mean, that was, yeah. you know, and of course it was timely because it was about that time Mad Men was, yeah, yeah, that movie was out, so. um, But, yeah, just, you know, it doesn't, it kind of it goes to, it doesn't necessarily have to be a work of art to make a cultural impact. Oh, you know, absolutely! And that's, yeah, That's a yeah, th- yeah. great example of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if I were if, if on a scale of one to five stars, I'd probably give it three and a half. You know, and you guys would probably rate it lower.
0: Uh, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, uh, no, and I'm I'm, I'm not uh, I'm absolutely not uh, admonishing you for for no 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 I, I
2: didn't take it that it, way no, but yeah
0: uh, it's uh, I I just I actually wanted to get into it because mm-hmm. I knew of the cultural significance of it. Right. And I just... So you're let down. I, yeah, I think
2: you were let down by its reputation, right? Probably. Yeah. Probably. You're expecting more? Because it's hyped up.
0: Yeah. And and, and then yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, in the, in the sequences I'm doing, the whole, I don't know, nothing just matched for me. Mm-hmm. The, uh, well, I think the, a,
4: a good musical requires good songs, and again, in my opinion, I know that "Put on a Happy Face" became kind of a, a, a classic, but yes, in my opinion, the the songs in that show don't really aren't special. They really see never-
0: that's I, I absolutely agree because, and that was one of the things is uh, one of my, my one of the, the the scenes that keeps coming back to me is uh, Anne Margaret just going.
3: Bye bye, Bertie, and
0: I'm like, but this is not good. Yeah. And I love Anne Margaret, but the song wasn't good.
2: No. To me, Anne Margaret had a really difficult time not sounding Swedish in that. I mean, there <laughs> was a lot, of, a lot of effort going on, <laughs> and it was mixed results. Um, but yeah, especially when she was singing, it seemed like it came out more when she was singing. You know, bye but, bye Bertie. Bye yeah. bye
3: Bertie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well we we
4: could talk about Anne Margaret and carnal knowledge, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah. So Or Viva Las Vegas.
0: You know.
3: Yeah. Hoi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what else you got, Brian? Uh, well, uh, I think we need to look just a little bit. I mean teen horror in the sixties uh, was uh, terrible. <laughs> you have the horror of Beach Party. Uh, this one alludes to the dangers of polluting uh, uh, with uh, toxic waste being dumped into the ocean. Uh, the toxic waste mixes with a human skeleton laying on the ocean floor oh. and creates a humanoid monster because science.
3: So That's a, a toxic
1: <laughs> toxic adventure. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much. Yeah. So it attacks uh, teenagers on the beach, uh, you know. And then you have <laughs> that old shit. Yeah. Then you have '65s, uh, the Beach Girls, and the Monster.
2: So we haven't completely de- devolved or evolved from n- the Beach movie. At this n- point. No,
0: we're staying. <laughs> we're staying with the beach, but we're staying with the '50s right. toxic yeah. shit. Yeah. You know. Uh, you have 65 uh Beach girls and the monster, where another monster comes on out of the ocean and starts killing teens on the beach.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Sixty-seven gave us Night Fright, where a NASA experiment goes wrong, and animals that are sent into a rocket into orbit uh, to orbit the moon come back, and they've changed.
2: Yeah, like the Revenge of Leica, the yeah. dog. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
0: Are
1: any of these monsters guys in gorilla suits?
0: <laughs> they, they very well could be. Uh, Sixty-five gave us the Sting of Death, where a group of college girls uh, travel to Florida to make fun of a doctor's and they make fun of a doctor's assistant. Egon, Egon creates a giant jellyfish mutant. To kill the teens. There
2: you go. Would it just be easier to kill them? Uh,
0: you would. <laughs> you got to get be, creative, you know, I guess, I mean, back then.
1: So, would that how, be the influence for Egon you know, from.
2: How
0: scary can a jellyfish be? From. It has no. Yeah. S- yeah. A jellyfish <laughs> has no skeletal structure. True. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's like he's thinking, I know do, what I can do. Do, do your worst, <laughs> jellyfish. <laughs> bitch. Yeah. Don't uh, talk.
2: Just. FYI, don't taunt jellyfish
0: (laughs) (laughs) They, They can kill you dead 65 also gave us The Monsters Crash the Pajama Party
5: It's so scary We dare you to see The Monsters Crash the Pajama Party The first movie ever filmed In Hollywood's latest miracle Fantastic Horror Vision You'll be petrified As fiendish movie monsters Actually become alive then crash right out of the screen, run into the audience, and carry screaming girls from their seats right back into the picture to become part of the movie, never to be seen alive again. They might choose you. We warn you, this is not 3D. The movie monsters actually become real flesh and blood. See what happens when the pajama party girls meet the mad doctor's girl-crazed monsters. One thousand and one exciting scenes on screen and right in the audience alive. All in the world's weirdest movie, The Monsters Crashed the Pajama Party, in horror vision and color. Well,
2: there you go. <laughs> uh, that sounds like it might have a sexual element This to
0: one, it. actually, this one was sort of a holdover from the Spook Show J. Uh, Spook Show J. Spook, Spook Show Days. Show days.
1: <laughs> Words are hard. Good
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> so uh this would be mixed in with a whole bunch that was like uh four hours of entertainment this one was part of it um it's basically a horror comedy the mad doctor is is referred to as mad doctor the whole time of the movie and it's. asked it's embroidered on his lab coat. <laughs> what the mad doctor? <laughs> yes, it just says "mad doctor" on his lab coat. Uh, and that one part, uh, since it was a spook, spook show, uh, actors from the movie would actually run into the audience. It, mm-hmm. Be that like, was
2: part of that shtick, right? Yeah, they well, would that, yeah the that audience. Was, yeah, that
0: was the whole spook show thing. Yeah. Then we have Monsters of Go-Go, which uh, this started off as an un- unfinished movie titled uh, Terror at Half Day. Hmm. Uh, and director Herschel Gordon Lewis brought uh, the film, <laughs> bought the film, changed scenes, uh, changed some dialogue, and then it was an astronaut that crash-landed and came back as a radio uh, Monster! And oh yeah, down.
2: that was that became a thing. Yeah, uh, right oh, it, with absolutely. the radioactivity changes uh, you it, into.
0: Well, it, it added in the uh, the the crashed mm-hmm. restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: That one got a
1: one point seven out of ten on IMDb. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I believe it. <laughs> I don't
1: think I've
2: ever seen a rating <laughs> that. Did, low.
0: That is really really low. <laughs> uh, and finally, for me uh, on the uh, teen uh, horror, I have. <laughs> the incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed-up zombies. Mixed-up <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Next> zombies.
0: <laughs> this is a real movie. Wow. This one, it's, it's an evil gypsy fortune teller at an amusement park arcade who hypnotizes and deforms men with acid, then turns, t- uh, turns them into monster slaves.
2: Oh, Acid does We're that to a guy. never
0: here. explained why she does this. Yeah. She just does it. It's a hobby.
2: <laughs> I've not seen on a, uh, on a material safety data sheet where Acid turns, <laughs> turns you into
0: a slave. But this is billed <laughs> as the first Monster Musical. <laughs> Although, oh my the, God. the musical numbers are that happen during uh, nightclub scenes and have nothing to do with the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like just so. It's like saying, uh, uh, "Oh, okay, I had a movie and my radio was on in my car. That's my first. That's the first musical." This is <laughs> Robert Simpson doing this?
1: <laughs> I will say it had a budget of thirty-eight thousand dollars. Oh, wow!
0: Holy <laughs> shit! 38,000. I mean, that's equal to like <laughs> like a car. 7.8 million now.
2: <laughs> I think that's a low budget
0: for any era. Be. For any era, yeah. $38,000.
1: $38,000.
0: Good hit. Before we head into the uh, 60s or the 70s. We're already in the 60s. Yeah. I want to look at uh TV cuz we uh, this was the first decade where TV producers started noticing that Mm -hmm. TV, the teen uh, teen audiences, they need to be looked at. So you had shows like the Patty Duke Show pop up. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Gidget, and they were twins Mm -hmm. or cousins, identical cousins because what that shit happens. (laughs) Well, their their fathers were. Twins, correct, Dave? Um, you know, I don't remember. I were they really? Their fathers were twins. Their fathers, their fathers were twins, and that's why the cousins looked identical.
3: (laughs) well, that makes sense.
0: It's science.
3: (laughs) Is it though? You
0: mean the theme song didn't point that out? (laughs) They they didn't. They They just said. They're cousins. They didn't have one of, those, uh,
2: one of those consultants that they didn't have, right? <laughs> okay. That's insane. I,
0: figured, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that their fathers were twins. I didn't know that. So now one of the other uh, uh, teen uh, TV series that I think we should look at is The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Dobie Gillis, yeah. Uh, it started, uh, uh, technically, it started in 59. Mm-hmm. Uh, went through maybe sixty
1: three. It was four seasons.
0: Four se- four seasons. Okay, yep. so yeah. go, go so, through the premise of that that for. Everybody. So uh, you had Dwayne Hickman, which Dwayne Hickman was in all of the beach movies. Well, maybe not all of them, but a shit ton of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Yeah, a few of them. Yeah, and uh, you had uh, and the breakout star was Bob Denver. Yes, that's right. I- is Gilligan. Maynard Chris. G. Krebs, but what was his middle name actually? Uh, Maynard G.
2: Krebs, right? It was, but Maynard it was G. G. Krebs,
0: yeah. but I want to think his middle name was like. Let me see if I have it here. Uh, I don't. I, I I I think like his middle name was like Willard, but he said the G was silent. <laughs> <laughs> it was something along those lines, uh, but uh, Denver stole the show.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, as the you know the beatnik friend. Um, but uh, it, it, as a teen show, man, I mean, it clicked. Everything. I I think it did everything right as far as teen shows go. Mm-hmm. And so what do you
2: think, like, like movie wise? How did that influence the TV?
0: I mean, how, like, well, I, I, to me, I, I just think um, that the, well, well, the advertisers and the producers had realized that the teen audience was now something that they need to look at, mm-hmm. not just on uh, B movie flicks, but Get them on the television too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get you can a lot more advertisers. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you can advertise your uh, hairspray and everything else mm-hmm. to a teen audience. Right. You can get right there. I mean, I I, I
2: understand it's it's mostly commerce. Uh, well, that's absolutely. Going to go from make you know turn that into you know, and it's not it's not the first time it's happened. I no. Know, generally, you know, we've had a lot of instances of. of a movie genre becoming a TV genre. So I was, yeah, I, I'm always curious as to like what flips that switch, you know, like oh, who says, Oh, I know what we
0: can do. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, it's the dollar. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, in the fifties, this wouldn't happen in the sixties, the teen audience had grown so large that they mm-hmm. couldn't ignore you keep, it, right? It, you could not ignore that. These are the, uh,
2: now, our baby boomers, yeah, so, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, so uh, so that brings me to uh some of the other TV shows that happened, the music shows, Dave Shindig, yeah, hullabaloo, hullabaloo. Uh, now, uh, Shindig it featured Terry Gar as one of the uh dancers hmm. and it featured. Lorraine uh, Yarnell, who became more famous as part of Shields and Yarnell. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, The since the assistant choreographer was Tony Basil again. (laughs) She showed up in all that shit. The 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 show had a house band, creatively (laughs) named the Shindig Band. (laughs) But they had uh, in the Shindig Band they had Jane Purton. On guitar. Oh. Really? <laughs> yeah. James fucking Burton. Delaney Bramlett. Leader <laughs> of Delaney and bon, Bonnie uh, and bon, Yeah. Uh, Leon Russell oh, on okay. keyboards. He left and Billy Preston took his place. They should have just, <laughs> they
3: oh, just, they should have just started with Billy shit. Preston.
0: <laughs> um. They had some comedy, they had some dancing, uh, of course it was a musical act that the teens turned tuned in for. Uh, the series was also taped a, an appearance by Brian Epstein, uh-huh. who would introduce uh, British acts that like included the Beatles, the, Beatles <laughs> yeah. uh, the Rolling Stones, and the Who. Someone else who met an untimely demise, right? yeah. Oh, he really yeah. died early. He yeah. died in 67. Yeah. From a barbiturate overdose. Yeah. Uh, th- then, you know, all the other stations started jumping on the air, uh, jumping on the bandwagon because Shindig was huge. So uh, NBC jumped on with Mhm. and they would have a different uh, host every every week. You would have like uh, Jerry Lewis, uh-huh. uh huh, Jimmy Davis Jr. So and when they would when they hosted it, did they like. They were like not like a get like they ran the whole. Well, they would they would uh, basically do an introduction. They might do uh, a musical thing with one of the guests. Okay. Uh, there was, was uh, a take-off. there was a takeoff on that if you guys saw once once upon a time
4: in L.A. Oh god
0: uh, damn yeah!
4: There was a takeoff on that where uh, DiCaprio. As his character did, he's on Hullabaloo,
0: right?
3: uh, Yeah, Uh, yeah, really.
0: Yes. Yeah. They and they, the that the way that looked. He was singing behind the green door. It was seamless. It looked. It it looked spot fucking on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did. Uh, Then you had Shivery. Do you remember Shivery? That that was a syndicated show out of L.A. Uh, but I mean, all these different shows started jumping on uh, on board to be part of it. Like King Biscuit Flower Hour was that yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah. There was it's a fun. British show called Ready, Ready Steady, Go. Yes. Great. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because uh, I have, I used to have a copy of that uh, of the Beatles on that, and yeah. they did shout, really, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Real? I'd love to see. I'd love to see that. Yeah, it was pretty cool, and because each member did a different part.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would like to see that. Too. Learning itself to know. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty yeah. cool. It was pretty cool.
1: Real quick, uh, it yeah. said the Shindig band was actually called the Shing Dogs.
0: That didn't. <laughs> but that didn't take off. They, really? They wound up just staying as the Shindog, uh, Shindig band. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because everything
1: that I'm was, seeing is. They're known as the Shin dogs. Yeah, I uh, like so, the
0: Shin yeah. Dogs better. Uh, I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. Uh, they they tried to give them a couple different names, but it didn't take, and they just kept calling them the Shin Oh,
1: and band. the middle name was Walter.
0: Yeah. Ah, yes. <laughs> the G was silent. silent. G. The G was silent. <laughs> it was pronounced Walter. Yes. <laughs> Very good, Scott. I love this. I absolutely love this. Yeah. He is absolutely like the correction. Like he's it.
2: giving you the corrections on. <laughs> yep. Like pardon the interruption. You know, it's great.
0: Scott quivers. <laughs>
1: Only when you speak that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, shut up! <laughs> well,
0: I will tell you what. I think we're going to stop right here before we get into the '70s, swinging, super duper '70s. Yeah, with the psychedelic shit, right? And paneled walls Panels and shag carpeting,
2: right? <laughs> and then later the disco.
0: Yes. <laughs> now, uh, Dave, would you be yeah. interested in joining us on part two? And talk about the teen movies from the seventies and eighties. I would. That one might be a lot longer because of the movies in the eighties. Yeah. The teen movies in the eighties, uh, uh, to me, it's a renaissance. Oh yeah, that's a whole. That's that's a yeah. That's hours by itself. Just exploded. Yeah. 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 So uh, stay on the line. Stay on the line for a moment. I'm gonna take us out. All right. Okay. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us tonight. We hope everybody had a good time listening to about teen movies from the 50s and 60s. And we have a, a part two coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about 70s and 80s teen movies. I can't wait to get into this one. It's going to be fun. Dave's going to be back. We've yep. already confirmed this. Yes, I'll be here. Hope you can join us, everybody. We will see you soon.